Welcome back to the Nullify Take channel here on YouTube, where we've got the TNT takes for you on Survivor South Africa, Return of the Outcasts, week three. I'm your host, Chris, and I'm joined by my two friends, Zoe and Richard. Uh, Zoe, how's things on your end? I'm amazing. I'm happy to hang out with your guys again. Yeah, and Richard, how are you doing? I saw you hanging out with some former players, uh, the producer of the show. You know, you're rubbing shoulders. You're, you're starting to get famous. I hope you remember both me and Zoe as you uh, climb your way up the social ladder at the moment. I mean, who's Zoe? Who's Chris? I don't know you guys. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it was really fun interacting with the players. They're really sociable people. And maybe that's why they cast. They're very easy to relate to. Really, really nice people. So it was fun to meet the players and the producers and some of the people that are responsible for making this season awesome. So yeah, it was, I, had, I had a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, Jay, it's one it's of the things... It's interesting you mentioned that. It's one of the things that I've noticed, like having to, um, you know, talk to some of the players after the season when you do your interviews yeah. and things like that. You do feel like you can relate to a lot of them and you want to almost become best yeah. friends with a lot of the players. And I think that yeah. we as fans, we underestimate the type of people that get casted for this show. And you're like, oh, no, I'll be able to cut anyone. I'll be cold hearted and calculated. And then you meet these people and you're like, oh, I just want to be everybody's friend. And I think that is how people get blindsided, Zoe. Exactly, because in my head, I'm like, I'll be able to do whatever I want, cut everybody's throat, but at the end of the day, I am a soft at heart. So, and then when you watch like the first episode, when you see um, Teresa going home, you'll be like, go, you knew what you had to do. Yeah, I really yeah. do think we underestimate the power of heart that goes into the game and how close people get to each other. So, yeah, but I still believe I'll be able to like cut both of your guys off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They're really nice people. And, you know, we see an edit portraying a person in a certain way. And when you meet them, sometimes that's not who they are. And it's like, whoa, you know, it's almost like I maybe didn't like you as a player, but in reality, you're actually awesome. So it's nice seeing those uh, variations. But yeah, that's about it. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I agree. And um, that's one of the things where we as fans sometimes forget, you know, these exactly. are fully rounded players. Now, I think Survivors of Africa does a really good job in showing a lot. And specifically this season, yeah. I've continued to be impressed by the edit. You know, I think that this is one of the most complex edits that you get in yeah. any of the franchises of the show. Uh, I don't know how you guys are feeling, but as we get into the merge here at the end of this week, I do think that there is still a lot of viable options for a potential winner. Now, if you look at last season, you know, with Nicole Vilmans winning that yeah. season and you've had a Tom before, but I think Nicole even more so, she was, she came from nowhere. We were like, what, how, how did she win this season? So I think if you take that into consideration, Zoe, it is very hard at this point to even predict who could potentially still win the season. I am done with predictions. Like I, I give up. Like I, I throw my head off. Let's just go with the roller coaster because everything I say was going to happen. Kind of sort of didn't. And I just feel like I'm I'm playing mind games with some of us in Africa. They are so good at what they do. And one thing I did say that I really do enjoy the most is how they focus so much on camp life. So you get to see and go to the mindset of each and every single player. And that one makes it even more confusing on who goes home, but it makes it more exciting because you actually get to understand the reason why. And you feel like, or I feel like I'm playing the game with them. It's just that I have an advantage that I know everybody's thoughts but i do feel like i'm in a roller coaster of playing the game with them and going through the journey with them i really do like how they focus more on camp than anything else this season 
Yeah, it's great seeing the you know players that are under underdogs on the tribes, the yeah. ones that fall outside of the numbers. Like, how are they going to get out of it? For instance, this week we had a couple of storylines we'll dive into. Steffi is swapped into a tribe away from her, um, you know, full package alliance away from the Breakfast Club. She needs to infiltrate and survive with a new group of people. Then you get Felix and Teresa falling on the bottom of that vote at the end of the week, and they have to try and find their way out. And you see Felix's journey there, just like you followed Dino's and Phil's journey of being the outcasts on their tribe and i think that a lot of the times for other shows and other franchises you don't always see everybody's perspective you don't see people saying well this is the reason even kalani we got in you know she had zero almost zero confessionals she had some confessionals but she was so far you know undercover compared to other people this season we even get her reasoning this week for why she's playing what people perceive as a goat game you know and i think that a lot of the times you don't get that in other franchises so hats off to whoever's doing the editing this season, if you're listening to this, we appreciate you. We love that you keep us on our toes because it's always fun to guess. But I will, guys, make a very, very bold prediction on who I think is the top three players that will win this season by the end of this podcast and also who I think is maybe an outsider joker. I think I've narrowed it down. I've been wrong before, but I'm one of those people, you know, I don't have a reputation, so who cares? There's nothing I can destroy at this stage. I'll throw some bold calls out there. Why not? Run people's lives. Call them out as winners so they cannot win. Go ahead. Just make sure you don't call out my people. It's all of Zoe's team that's left. All three of them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. One, two, three, guys. What the hell is going on? <laughs> Oh, I'll survive. Okay, well, I think I will survive. I think one of my players should make it to at least top four. Come on. Yeah. I think I think you've got a potential player there that could still win this season, but we'll talk about that a little bit later on in the uh, podcast. But let's start here at the beginning in episode nine. We start off at the Yontao tribe, and Dante is very annoyed, you know, because nobody can see that Dino is the person that they should get rid of. He now becomes closer to Palesa, and Palesa oh. was the one who tried to, you know, blindside him here. But because of full getting spooked, you know, everybody talks about Dino being this player that is, you know, um, gets nervous and, and paranoid. And then full Richard ends up being the person here that actually becomes paranoid. Oh, geez. Like, it was so sad because, you know, it, it almost like we as the viewers, as a nation internationally, were just blindsided from a vote because we thought this awesome, huge move was going to happen. And then, you know, due to many stuff, you know, it ends up, you know, flipping on its head. And I think Dino uh, was first to raise his hand and take blame for, or part of the blame because he didn't communicate um that shona wasn't actually supposed to go for the queue to get the idol and then phil was like hang on uh that one part of the plan hasn't happened so that means i could be played but you know it happens to the best of us when you're paranoid when you don't have food and it you know sort of like robbed us from a potentially you know best move of of the season but you know these things happen and you just have to take it yeah, Dante survives by the skin of his teeth here, Zoe. But um, it's all about Dino's face. He's got a dodgy face, apparently. That's what people are saying. So he's playing with a handicap. <laughs> and that's the thing. People saying he has a puppy face. It's so cute. It's an on and off. One second is a puppy face. The next second, he just has a grinning, scary face. I'm like, what is going on? I don't understand how people can trust Dino, especially his facial expression. They scare me. I don't think they're cute and puppy at all. I just think they are 
devious and scary. Somebody should run away, but nobody's running away. They are just keep it staying closer. But one thing that I appreciate with Phil is that he did own up to his move. He did own up to his mistake. Um, it was a deadly one to make at that point in the game because I keep on thinking to myself that it was the first um, vote on this prop swap where you have to prove your loyalty. And mm -hmm. even if you're getting spooked, you have to stay with the vote in order to prove that you are loyal to your team. And he messed it up. And I really don't think that Jenna should trust him going forward, but they seem to rekindle their trust. They seem to be working together. I'm just curious for how long it's going to last because I do see him flipping the same way they flip on Palisa. And I just do see him flipping on Dino at the point where Dino doesn't see it coming. Interesting. Yeah. I've loved the, the Powerpuff alliance apparently or i think it's called what was the alliance that they call it was the the no, no bs alliance the no, no bs alliance that's between dino <laughs> full and flex um this season but uh welcome here to the live stream odette and also zudaman zudaman saying you all look great tonight thanks zudaman we we love um, any kind of compliments you're you're welcome in the live stream every single week we'll we'll take them um all right so well in this specific episode we go to the immunity challenge this immunity challenge was a fun one now we don't always talk about all of the immunity challenges but there was a big maze that they had to go through they were all blindfolded uh, and they had two people shouting directions and that was Teresa and dino there's a couple yeah. of interesting things that happened here obviously you know dino being dodgy leading tony astray and getting her to walk in the wrong direction with tony getting really frustrated and we know that they're good friends outside of the game so um, i think there would be some conversations for a while afterwards at parties and things about them talking about that moment because you in the game you've got to do what you've got to do you've got to leave the friendship yeah. at home and dino is in a position here where he's in trouble in that tribe so he's got to do what he's got to do to stay in the game and then even more so funny we see richard I think something that we've never seen in any survivor before when it comes to these challenges, you know, yeah. South Africans can be loud. Like, I mean, wherever I go around the world, when I go into a room, I can normally tell who the South Africans are because we're the loudest, you know, like Teresa says, <laughs> you know, she's normally the loudest. Zoe is normally one of the loudest people. But in this specific episode, we use the South Africans use their superpower and shout it over Teresa here so that they can't hear the directions. It's the first time I've ever seen this, Richard. Yeah, it's. It, it, I mean, obviously the guy that's going to come up with that is Shane, you know, one of the best villains in, in Survivor SA. And, you know, I mean, it was fun watching it, but I, I think if I wasn't a part of that, I was part of the opposition tribe, I'd be as pissed as Tejan and everyone was because, you know, I mean, it's fair game. Survivor's a game about lying, cheating and stealing and they're doing it quite well. But it's like when it's done to you, like, damn, you know, I don't like that. But, you know, Zoe, what are your thoughts on it? I would have loved. It was hilarious. The funniest thing I've ever seen. And the worst part is I was talking to it. Go, Dino. Go, go. It was the funniest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And the fact that Shane came up with it is like one of those moments where Shane reminds you why he has the title of the best villain in Survivor South Africa snooping through people's bags, taking it off again this season, coming up with mind games to mess up people, other people's games. It's just a shame, and I love it. And I don't even understand, how did Tony fall for that? You mean to tell me she can't tell a voice of a man in Teresa? 
Yeah, <laughs> I think it, I think I think it was um, they they were quite from from what she said they were quite disorientated or something like that as well. And yeah. before that, I think she said also she was worried for Kalani as well because Kalani obviously just passed out in the beginning of the the challenge, and that was a bit of a scary moment because obviously she may have been dehydrated or the bandage around her knee was a little bit too tight, so I there was uh, the blood flow yeah. circulation wasn't going right. So that was a scary moment to see. So she was concerned for Kalani being blindfolded, being disorientated. Uh, yeah. I think we underestimate how confusing it could be. And I think Dino didn't really speak up. Like he kind of whispered, Hey, this way, this way. So he tried to like mask his voice a little bit. <laughs> so, but it was funny to see, it was a new strategy we've never seen anywhere. Now, um, Richard, you bring up a good point. You said that you know, people don't like this uh, necessarily. And they think that maybe this isn't fair play, but the episode before Flex points out there's a bit of hypocrisy yeah. here because they were playing dirty in the mud pit um and which i think was way worse than shouting like when it comes to actually you know taking someone out of the game you know yeah. if health is a concern i think that is a lot worse than what these um, guys and girls did in this specific challenge and for me if it's not specifically in the rules that you can't do it then do it so and i think exactly. that I, I like the fact that survivor south africa lets these things play out organically uh, in a big way and there's going to be more things that's going to play out organically uh, in the week which we will talk about at a later stage but dino really really saves himself here at this point because he does finish the puzzle we do see yontao winning it and they also win a yeah. reward where they can go to the fresh stop right and at the fresh stop all of these players none of them are rookies they've played before all of yeah. them know there's going to be an advantage. They can only go in one at a time. So they have to draw short sticks. Now, I think all of us can relate, Zoe, to Marianne in this position. We've all been in that position in life where we want something and we just fall short and we're annoyed. We're not about it. Like for people who don't know what <laughs> not is, which she said is you're nauseous. You know, you're nauseous yeah. about it. Zoe, what did you think of Marianne pouting here and being so upset because she knows this idol, this thing that's at this fresh stop is going to slip through her fingers? I wasn't surprised. I felt her pain, but at the same time, I wish she didn't express it because I remember when she did express her frustration, I was worried that they might use that as a reason to get her out because in Survivor, you breathe, you vote it out. You don't breathe, you get voted out. Everything you do is a reason to vote you out. So how pouching, I was like, don't let them know that you're upset. You don't want them to look at you as Dante 2.0, but she had every right to be. And when one when you get there and you're the last one, girl, just eat. Just eat your food and don't worry about even looking. It's gone. But one thing I did say was that um after Mariel ate the cake, I would have picked up that cake and threw it in a river because there was a huge sign on it and i'm thinking people should recognize this and think whoever went to the cake whoever ate the cake first got something i would have covered up my bases and taken that cake and thrown it in a river that's, a good, that's a good point richard what did you think of meryl finding it you know in the cake um she's going to get a tribal council pass it's something that we have seen in the game before in the us i believe australia yeah. may have used it before yes. as well i'm not too sure but uh, the tribal council pass uh, is something that is useful. She says that it can be used like an idol in the game, uh, which means that she'll be safe. But the one thing is, I, I do like the fact that we see the tribal council pass here because it's not yeah. quite the same strength as an idol. You don't get to vote if you send yourself home, but you can also use it in a strategic way where you can send someone away from the opposing alliance so that you get the numbers, which is the better way to play it at a tribal council so you can vote someone out that you want to vote out so you can reduce the numbers on the other side do you like seeing the tribal council pass back here in the game and what was your thoughts on the fresh stop uh, reward as a whole 
Yeah, um, this game somehow seems um, advantage heavy, um, but some advantages expire at a certain point now that it's merged and all of that. But, you know, props on, on Meryl. But, you know, she was the first one, well, lucky enough to draw the longest stick and actually um, go out there to, to, to find the advantage. Because it's not easy actually finding advantages. People think it is, but it's not. You know, it could be anywhere. Um, but, you know, she's had experience of finding idols in the previous season and... Yeah, the Tribal Council Pass, Leave Tribal, Houdini, sort of like an advantage. I love seeing it. It's it's an interesting one because it puts people in a dilemma on how to play it. And those are always the, the best twists to have because you get to see, you know, how a player uses it and you get to see how they actually think. So, you know, let's let's see how, how Meryl uses it. Yeah. Didn't I mean, Jeremiah have it? Sorry. Didn't Jeremiah has the same advantage in season forty? Jer- yeah, Jeremy. Oh, yeah. Oh, I was just thinking, who's Jeremiah? <laughs> Jeremy. But yeah, yeah, Jer- Jeremy <laughs> did have the, the Tribal Council pass as well. Um, so Zudaman here says that I love full going. Everyone has an idol or an advantage. Why don't I have three by now? Um, and I think you bring up a good point here, Richard, saying that it's not as easy to get these things as we think it is when we look at it out on the TV show because yeah. the Yontau um diplomatic community wasn't found from the beginning i mean we only see shane find it towards the end of this week when he finds it and it shows you that it was out there all the time uh but no one was looking hard enough to find it or it wasn't as easy or as visible as people thought it was from the start so i think that's some some good evidence there uh also odette here asking are we sure you can send someone out of tribal against their will I'm pretty sure I did. That's how the tribal council pass works. It's been done in the past as well. Um, specifically, uh, and I know that different versions have got slight differentiations on the rules, but I don't think that LaRue will change this. And if I remember correctly, it said that you could you could remove someone from the tribal council uh, yourself included when she read the instructions. And what I like about Survivors of Africa is that they actually show the instructions as they're reading it and they explain the rules quite clearly. It can be used up to the final six. So she's someone that can use this quite deep into the game and obviously surviving with that in her pocket going into the merge is a massive plus because there's like you've quite rightfully mentioned Richard a lot of these advantages that are expiring at the merge portion of the game and a lot of people bluffing about alliances so by the time we talk about this final vote it's going to be interesting to talk about how that kind of got set up but um, obviously here Masu Tribe they're losing they go back to camp and now there's this big scene, Zoe, the one that we knew was coming. We've got Steffi and Pinty both on the same tribe. Um, Pinty, uh, I don't feel, and we've let's fair, let fair be fair here. I don't feel Pinty was necessarily raising her voice at Steffi here when Steffi yeah. was giving her the food. I think Pinty was actually quite reserved, but I think that Steffi probably overreacted because there were so many things going on with Pinty, and this was probably just the last, like the 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 straw that broke the camel's back at the yeah. end, you know. So I think that she probably just bite back at her. And that's why she apologized because Pinty was like, just own it if you're coming at me. Um, But I think that it was just, I've had it with you, Pinty. And also Steffi wanted Pinty out. So we see the blow up between a Pinty and a Steffi at this point. And because of this, the the target is going to firmly shift on that Pinty. uh, Pinty sort of, you know, she's got this big bullseye on her, which makes it hard for the likes of Steffi, your Tajan and your Tony to work also with Teresa and with Felix, who is associated with Pinty at this point in the game. 
I felt like that blow up was such a tease because I thought it would be massive. It lasted for like 30 seconds and it was over. And I'm like, what the hell? I thought it would be more than that. However, it does go back to prove the point that I once made that Pinty knows who to blow up on. A small com- reaction like that from Steffi, if she got that from Shauna, we saw how she reacted to Shauna. We saw how she reacted to Tanya. But Steffi is too much of a big person and big personality instead of her, she wouldn't dare to boast up on her like that. So she immediately did not react and kept quiet, rightfully so, because then what happens when you know who you want to blow up on? And I'm just like, mm, I said what I said, I meant what I said. My reading on her was 100% correct. She goes for what she perceived as weak and Steffi, she wouldn't dare step up on her. I like the fact that Steffi did apologize because I mean, what's the point of fighting somebody who's not fighting back? She's not a bully like that. If you're not reacting back, I'm sorry, I apologize. Let's keep it moving. And I do agree. For me, it was just like, Pinty has been there for way too long. Going forward, the game is getting a little bit too serious. You don't need people you cannot control in the game. Um, I do think it was her time to go. It was either that day or the last vote. Her time and her days in the game was probably just numbered because the game is now getting way too serious. You cannot have characters like that clouding your game on a daily basis. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it was quite interesting to see what, you know, Pinty uh, does, you know, in, in terms of what happens after that where she talks to Felix and it's like, Felix, you know, um, I think uh, Steffi is a short fuse, you know, you, you, must try, you must probably try, you know, get her out, you know, because if a merge happens, Steffi will go to the other side and work with them to get us out. And she has a good read on the game, you know. And, Amazing. You know, yeah. And, you know, it almost reminded me of what happened in season seven when, you know, Dante was telling people, get rid of Rob because Rob is going to win the thing. But because, you know, of someone's character, you know, it's almost like even though what they're saying is certain and is kind of true, people don't listen to that. And a huge shout out to Pinty because I heard she's a huge fan and she watches our, our long podcast. So props to her. Oh, really? Yeah, <laughs> I'm she's glad, a huge well, fan. I, I, haven't, I haven't actually spoken to Pinty um, for this week's Exit Interviews because Pinty, Palesa and Teresa yeah. all had things happening at different times. So we couldn't make oh. it happen yet. So we're trying to figure out something. So I promise <laughs> to everybody listening to this channel, if I, if for any reason I miss out on them this week because of their schedules, I will go back to Pinty and to Teresa and Palesa because I do want to talk to all point. of them. And maybe I do an even better exit interview with them if I don't get them. There's a potential I might be able to talk to them over the weekend. But if I awesome. don't get to talk to them because there's so many episodes and scheduling issues, I'll go back to all three of them because I do really want to talk to every single person. And, you know, it, it, it really, you know, Pinty, if, you, if you're listening to this, man, like, I had your back. I had your back. You know, it's all love. Um, I, I think that in life, having a, a fighter's attitude is a good thing, you know, because yeah. you don't get stepped on. But I think in Survivor, it is tough. Like, and, and at certain points, I just think Pinty wasn't aware of how she was being perceived, which is a shame because maybe she's played these two games in too quick succession. Maybe she didn't really watch her own season to see how she was seen in that season. Because to me, the pointy that we saw in Immunity Island showed up again here on uh, Return of the Outcasts. And the exact same reason that she got voted out of that season is the reason she got voted out of this season. And, you know, um, she, she excelled at the physical things, obviously, maybe yeah. a little bit too much on that one challenge. But, you know, <laughs> when it comes to the social game, that's where it really was her downfall. Uh, Zudaman here in the the live saying that's what I was saying. Uh, Pinty in my book should have been gone way earlier. 
um, Odette here saying that, uh, and this is talking about the tribal council pass, that Jeremy couldn't leave or couldn't use it to remove someone else from tribal council, but Luke could, an Australian survivor. So maybe there is something that we need to clarify with that. And the good thing is, you know, I've had one or two chats with Ludu Buta. I will definitely be talking to him again in the future. So maybe I can get that cleared up with him. I know he's more than willing to share that type of information uh, uh, as well. Zudaman also saying, also while I'm at it, me personally, if I was Teresa, I definitely wouldn't have gotten Felix out. Uh, I would have definitely, I would have gotten Felix out and flipped my vote. We will talk about that a little bit later on um, when we go into that specific episode. All right. Before you so, move on, though, yeah, um, just wanted to say I did talk to Tony, and she explained the strategy behind why they vote. Um, they had to vote for Pinty at that time, and it was just yeah. simply just gaining control of numbers. Because I was like, Pinty had a good strategy getting rid of Steffi. She would not have seen it coming. She's a huge physical threat. Why not just blindside her at that moment? And she was like, we just wanted to get control of the numbers. And I was actually surprised sitting here thinking to myself, oh my God, I'm actually with Pinty on this one. I love Steffi, but this will be the perfect <laughs> time to get rid of her. I was actually like, well, first time hundred percent in agreement with Pinty. Yeah, and she yeah. she saw it. She she saw it. She said, "Listen, Steffi was going to jump back. Uh, she's going to go back to. She actually even mentioned them. She'll go back to Meryl, uh, Marianne, and Dante's yeah. alliance. She actually mentioned them. So she was right in a read. Um, yeah. But it is interesting because you know if you kept her in the game, it would have been three versus three, even if they had Steffi with them at that point. And I also think this really plays into how well of a game Steffi played throughout this whole week. I was. Very impressed. And for those that are in the live here, I can see more and more people are starting to jump into the live now. We do have the live rankings up this week. As you can see, I've pinned the comment there uh, in the live chat. So make sure to jump on slido.com. Uh, use the number that is there to go and rank your players for this week. Who do you think played the best game? There's 11 players still left in the game. And we'll uh, bring that up a little bit later on. I can say at this stage, the top three players, as we're talking here, is Steffi at number one, Merrill at number two, and Marion at number three. So those the full package lines is the, the top three at the moment uh, based on what has happened this week. So uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that as we continue on. But it seems like a lot of people are sort of seeing the game unfold, similar to how I'm seeing it unfold at this yeah. stage. Um, also, uh, going back here, you know, Teresa and Felix obviously try to work here with them. Teresa and Felix is going to get blindsided twice. So maybe we'll talk about that after the second blindside, a little bit more of what they could have done differently here in the spot. But they do go to tribal council and Piety ultimately is the person who's going to leave the game here. We spoke about why we think she left the game or why she left um, this early. And I think a lot of it came down to her social game. But we start episode 10 back at the Masu tribe. Felix is extremely worried. He can see the writing on the wall. Him and Teresa now are sort of the underdogs. They're going to have to work their way up from the bottom. And then a little bit more um, interesting, because we will come back to the Felix-Teresa uh, chat as we get into the vote portion of yes. this episode. I want to talk about what happens early here in this episode. We see Tajin and Tony uh, plan to get this idol. You know, Tajin already told her about the fact that he got the clue to an idol. So yeah. they work together. Tony keeps everybody at camp or keeps an eye on them. Tajin finds the idol. And with that, get some valuable points for Richard on his fantasy draft. Uh, what was it like, Richard, seeing your man, Tajin, pull out the idol and then seeing people that you know quite well, Tajin, Tony, yeah. and Dino linking up here with a plan to get an idol into Dino's hands? Yeah, it, it, it's quite nice. A lot of people that are online reality gamers were quite happy to see that moment and were making amazing posts about it. But it is really fun to see it. And 
Um, we're seeing the relationship between uh, Tejan and Tony. A lot of people don't know how it actually comes about. Um, but yeah, obviously, Tony wakes up in the mornings like, hey, you know, Tejan, go dig and I'll cover up for you. And then Tejan finds it and then they decide to give it to immediately Dino. Um, and then, you know, a lot of people could probably ask themselves why Dino, because they haven't been on the same tribe. It is mm. those uh, before game relationships from them playing orbs and all of that, um, which does play a factor into in, in, into the game somehow. And yeah, uh, something weird happens with how Dino gets the the idol and then people actually see that. And then that brings about a different dynamic um, into the game. And you know that the orgs mean a lot to Tajan because, you know, I did listen to Shannon as a, you know, I almost said Shannon as a podcast because it is her podcast. Rob is a podcast, Shannon, <laughs> you know, where she at the interview or one of them had an interview with Tajan. I think it was yeah. her actually. And he kept shouting out all the players from the org world. Yeah. And he said, you know, yeah. shout out to this player, shout out to that player. Yeah. And it was interesting. And she's like, what is going on here? This is a legitimate <laughs> survivor player shouting out all these online people that he's friends with, yeah. that he's played the game with before. So, you know, it means a lot to him. Um, and Tajan had some good reads throughout this uh week i think that he's going to be like the the person of reason that's going to go down with the ship sadly um as we're sailing into the merge here but what did you think of this early stages uh zoe and uh you know the gameplay that we saw here in the masu tribe with both Teresa felix i guess being in that under, underdog position and then also the way that tony and tajan really is starting to take control of that tribe and also getting tentacles on the other tribe by extending an olive branch to dino who they know is in danger I'm glad that Richard cleared it out because I was super confused on when did Tajan and Dino become so close and all of that. So I, I see the relationship before Survivor playing in front of our eyes. It's a bit confusing, but thank you for the clarity. I <laughs> didn't think she was going to give it to Dino out of all people. In my head, I thought she would go with... Um, I would say Dante because I don't like each other, but I thought someone from her original tribe. tribe um, it was a bombshell for me that she's going with um, somebody from the opposite. But hey, um, after everything was explained, it makes 100% sense. Um, and the strategy of them working together, Teja and Tony, Dino, is beautiful. However, you can see how loud Tony is when she's in power and that scares me because if you're aligning yourself with Tony who is so loud and a bit of a dictator you will go down with Tony as well so it scares me a little bit but we'll see how it plays out but in effect they all of these people do tend to be loud as certain point and i think that tajan has a read of the game that he'll be able to move away from tony when he needs to but i do not think that he should stick with her or be too close to her going forward yeah. or don't, don't be visible about it <laughs> it's interesting you mentioned that uh tony is a dictator i think that was a picture that Steffi painted this week for her own gain, but I don't think she is actually. I think that sometimes passion can be mistaken for being a dictator. And I think yeah. Tony is really passionate about the game and she's really passionate about what she wants to happen. Um, and maybe she's going a little bit too fast sometimes before she takes people on the journey with her. Um, mm -hmm. And that is coming across as wrong, but it's a, it's a weakness that, you know, again, 
so impressed by Steffi this week. She's just exploiting things. She has proven me right for having said that she is a great player from the first season when nobody else could see it. I feel yes. validated seeing Steffi play the type of game. And I mean, Richard being on this <laughs> podcast as one of those players that's like, you like Steffi? What are you talking about? Um, and I feel validated. I feel validated. She's she's having such a great yeah. week, but we'll talk more about that as we continue out through this episode. Uh, obviously, also in this episode, in the early days, we do get a little bit of the Yontau tribe and specifically see Shane trying to like stretch out his legs, trying to get a bit of reach, you know, trying to like get in there with Phil and with Dino. And I think that, you know, Shane, I feel for him. We spoke about this, I think, mm -hmm. off air last week after the podcast. And we said, you know, why is Shane not getting a foothold? Like, yes, he's one of the yeah. most popular, biggest villains of the game. Yes, he's a great strategic mastermind. He has got some great reads on the game, but he does not have social influence, I feel like, this season at all. He's sitting on the sideline. And even the edit shows it because he's, I think, the second lowest at the moment when it comes to uh, confessionals and things like that. Yeah. And for such a big player to be so low, I think it shows that he hasn't got a very big grasp on the game right now or big influence. Uh, and players like Dino and Full, I think he's underestimating the fact that these guys, you know, just because they're pre-mergers, I think they're both very capable players and they're seeing through him, Richard. Yeah. Um, they, I mean, Phil um, gives amazing confessionals. Absolutely funny guy. He's like, oh, you know, Shane comes to me and he's like, oopsie. Uh, Zoe, you can take over. Sorry, there's a background yeah. noise. So, so yeah, he, he, he yeah. go ahead, Zoe. I, don't, I disagree with you when you say he is undermining the players. I think the players have already made up their mind that he is a villain and should not be trusted. So even when he's telling the truth and giving them the rope, they don't want it. I've, I even tweeted the other day that... Um, Feel the rope dealer doesn't want Shane as his rope supplier because he has never told a lie. He's been telling nothing but the truth and giving them a laugh line in the game. He wants to work with them. He wants to play with them. But I think Shane being a villain from his season is taking over everything this season that they're not even willing to hear him out or play with him. And I truly do I believe that he pretended to forgotten Steph's name to kind of... Um, like cover what's up it, how close they are. Like what's her name? <laughs> <laughs> that girl over there. Yeah. And I've got pull like... with her, but I can't remember her name. But I've definitely got pull with her. So if you deal, if you give me the rope since you're dealing it, we'll pull her back. You know, we'll pull her back. Exactly. And I think it's going to hurt Dino and Phil because it literally just did right now on this this week that them not trusting Shane or not willing to work with Shane is to their own detriment because if yeah. they are working with him, they are pulling more numbers. And I'm curious to see, to know, like, how are they feeling watching the game and knowing that out of everybody they Shane was the one person that was literally giving them truthful information every step of the way. Mm. Yeah, it's an interesting point that you bring up there. And one of the things I wanted to bring up, um, Richard, and I'll give you a sec to jump in there as well, because I know you didn't really get to finish your thoughts on the whole Shane, Dino and Full dynamic, is that you're mentioning that Dino and Full are going to regret it. But the only person who really knows that they don't fully trust Shane is Palesa. And by the end of this week, Palesa is out of the game as well. So, you know, that, that kind of could set them up to still play and pull Shane along. So I don't think Shane is really picking up on the fact that Dino and Full is not buying this, Richard. 
Yeah, um, it was, I was just saying, uh, it was quite funny hearing uh, Phil, who has been giving amazing confessional, being like, you know, here Shane comes and, you know, he tells me, I've never lied to you. And I'm like, oh, my God. And it is true. I mean, I've interacted with, with Shane. And, you know, even though, you know, what he's saying is valid, it's the way he does it that makes you feel like it's sketch. And maybe it's because, you know, we've seen him play one of the best villainous games that plays into people's minds and, Unfortunately, maybe people's previous monsters are coming to, 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 to the present. Um, but yeah. But hats off to the guy. Hats off to him for yeah. even making merge with that reputation. None of us gave him a chance. Like I thought he would be out before the merge, you know, with that type of target coming into the season. Well. And he's found a way to make it to the merge. And we'll talk about, you know, a little bit of, um, you know, in Afrikaans, we say a boom market plan. You know, a farmer makes a plan. <laughs> like he made a plan going into it to get him through to the merge. So well done to him. Um, okay, so we go on to the immunity challenge here. This was quite an interesting one. They have to move a big boulder throughout this obstacle course all the way through to the end and then swing it um, and knock out tiles and this was impressive to see for me for a various number of reasons obviously Yontau is ultimately going to win again here the immunity because they've just got more manpower pun intended in this specific one um, and they went out but you know I was very impressed by Steffi you're really stepping up taking a leadership role again here in this specific challenge you know telling her team to keep going keep hitting it don't quit you know and she like yeah. steffi let's be honest man she is almost like another man with her physical strength in that tribe yeah. to sort of equal it Indeed. out so you know she was really in there getting into that challenge and the way felix was cutting through the through the rope he beat Ooh. both dante and phil on the other side to do yes. that and they couldn't switch it out like felix had to do the whole thing because they just didn't have the same man manpower there right yeah, I was impressed by Steffi as always. I think by now everyone knows I'm so biased. I love Steffi with all my heart. That was beautiful. And watching her lose that challenge, you can see she wanted it so badly. As much as I'm impressed by Steffi, I gotta say I was extremely disappointed by Tori. So it seemed like she just didn't even make any effort to the point where they had to switch her out from pushing the ball. I didn't understand where was the hunger and she just she didn't seem hungry enough for it and it did take me back and i do really feel like she cost them that win um uh, she cost them that win sad to say but it is a truth in my opinion yeah yeah absolutely um but yeah major props to to felix uh, he reminds me of i forgot his name but there was a woodchopper guy in australia gerald, gerald yes, he listens um, to the podcast as well so he might he might listen to this one Oh, awesome then. Um, but yeah, Felix was beasting through that. Like I literally got flashbacks from that. And he's doing quite a good job as well, um, socially so far. But I think we can chat about that at a later stage. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously here now the pressure is really going to go onto the Masu tribe because they've lost two in a row. But before we jump back into that, we get a little bit more of the Yantao reward uh, obviously at the end of this dino is really worried because tony does uh, the least uh, i guess one of the most obvious idol exchanges ever in the history of the show going in for the second hug giving him the idol sort of flipping around <laughs> with it a little bit it's not smooth at all um and he has to come up with a story and he talks about the fact that you know she came back to talk to him and give a little bit of information about the tribe uh but a lot of people think that there's something that's happened 
Kalesa is wise to it. She saw it. She knows what's going on. She says that if you're giving an idol to someone, that is a big thing in this game. Because remember, this tribe does not have all the information. They don't know that they had to give the idol to someone on the other side. That was a, a game mechanic. So they're thinking that idols are just freely being handed out. And that's not something you see very ob um, often, Zoe, in Survivor. So when you see someone giving an idol to someone else, you will think that that's their number one. But Shane goes and throws Palesa under the bus here to both Dino and Phil giving some truthful information. So uh, Palesa has some work to do when she catches back up with Phil and Dino to keep that relationship strong. And it's the alliance that I think all of us wanted to see sort of really get some steam here between Palesa, Dino and Phil. But Palesa had a really good read here because she said, you know, if Dino is her number one, Tony is probably the leader of that other tribe at this yeah. point. The way that things are working out, just like Zudaman said here as well, being the head of that alliance, she doesn't want Dino in the game because she wants to be the number one of Tony going into the merge. I was 100% impressed by Palisa. It was a good read. But at the same time, it's like, it's Tony. I don't think there's anything that Tony does that can be like quiet and on the down low. I think everything Tony does just is loud. <laughs> and I feel sorry for Nico. We have to handle all those idols that are being thrown into people's trash. <laughs> I'm like, guys, can you look for a new hiding spot? Maybe like your hair, I don't know, somewhere else. Yeah. But yeah. And then what happens when you're playing double agent, you end up revealing truthful information to people that don't need to hear it. I was shocked that Shane went back to tell Phil. I didn't see that coming at all. I thought there was something he would keep to himself with the majority players. I understood why he's trying to pull them in. But then again, here we are having Alisa putting herself in a very dangerous situation without realizing it because it's a tricky game being a double agent. You don't know who's aligned with who, you don't know what can you say and how can twist the game and you do see it happening. But later on, you I like how she has control of it again by pointing out that Shane is the problem here not her being a double agent, but Shane who is revealing information is the problem. I'm like, that's my girl. You're smart, you're thinking on your feet and you're twisting things around as you should. It was imp I was impressed by her, but I just wish that sometimes in this episode, I did wish that Shane would have not used that information against her for my own personal satisfaction because I like what you said. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think Shane is quite a decent, um, my nail if I take, uh, Shane is quite the decent um, double agent because, you know, it's, you know, you can give someone information, but it's information that's sort of like not valuable because if mm -hmm. it comes back to Palisa, Palisa isn't really part of um, Shane's main alliance. So it's almost like it's information he can barter with it, but should it go south, it won't, you know, go back on him. Um, but Palisa is also a bit amazing and some inside information on the whole uh, Tony Dino um, <laughs> idol situation was Dino actually found a smart way on how to do it. He opened up his bag and sort of like hinted to Tony, like, you know, slide it in there while I'm not, you know, watching or something like that. But, you know, Tony unfortunately missed all of those cues and was like, hey, I'm just going to give it to you. Take it, take it, take it. And then you know, people <laughs> end up seeing it. You know, it's a funny little moment that they could have shown. This is why we need Tony on every season of Survivor. <laughs> like, she just brings so much entertainment yes. and action to the show, you know, that yeah. you can't script these things. This is why Survivor has been on air for as many years as it has been. And I love the moment. Yeah. I love seeing it. Um, but I do agree with you with the whole playing double agent. I do think that, you know, Palesa's got a lot of good reads and obviously there's a lot yeah. of different ways, you know, to play 
play the game, if you think about it, you know, two plus two equals four, three plus one also equals four. So how you get to four is two different ways. It doesn't matter how you get there at the end of the of the day. Yeah. Um, I'm keeping it to very simple math here. You know, I'm not I'm not a Dino mastermind on the podcast, but you know, <laughs> um, but if you think about it, to come back to my point, I think you do yeah. need to give half truths in any case like at least give some truth because in survivor the only thing that you have is your word so if you're caught in a lie i think that it just does more damage to your credibility than actually finding out now palessa is also actually telling them yes he did give truth i think it gives a little bit of credibility more to him because they up until this point of belief that the only thing he's done is lied to them but now they know well he did tell the truth about this thing maybe some of the other things he's talking about there is some truth to that as well so i think it does help with building a little bit of credibility but he's definitely playing a dangerous game i think it's a game that shane is forced to play at this point because of how things have unfolded because he can see his closest ally in the game is marion but he's not necessarily the only option that marion has in the game he's she's got both um of meryl and steffi and i think he's a smart enough player to see that so he's thinking how do i get my meryl and my steffi maybe dino and full could be my meryl and my steffi you know moving forward so he's trying to also have some uh, he's basically trying to jump out of the plane with a parachute instead of not having that parachute there or having yeah. a, and dino would appreciate yeah. that right yeah, he's he's a, he's a huge bit of a skydiver for Zoe. If you didn't know, yeah. so yeah, he he does that on a on a frequent basis. Would you have guessed yeah, that Dino is the type to jump out of planes, Zoe? No, hell no. <laughs> but he does own like um a, a what a live escape it game. Is. So he does come across as like a person who's very living large, dangerous life, but not skydiving. More like camping. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, skydiving stuff. quite fr quite frequently actually. So yeah. yeah. Um well obviously here we've got to see a little bit of the pre-tribal scramble. Teresa and Felix know that they're in the bottom, they know they're in danger. Teresa's yeah. thinking over time, how does she get out of this? She's one of the biggest fans of the show. You know, she's watched all the seasons. Sari's her favorite player. She's trying to tap into what oh. previous players do before to get themselves out of bottom positions. Because Sari as well in her season, the first season, was someone who was at the bottom a few yeah. times. It wasn't necessarily seen as a physical asset to her tribe, but she was able to maneuver through this. So Teresa tries to think about ways to do this here. But ultimately, we know that the power here is going to lie with the original Masu tribe. So it's going to be with uh, Steffi, it's going to be with Shane, and it's going to be with Tony. They've now got Kalani worked in with them as a solid four. That means they've got the votes. Uh, I think Tajin was the one in that three that actually wanted to consider working with Teresa here. And I don't know if you're Richard, if you've got inside information on that, but he kind of saw value on working with Teresa opposed to Kalani, who's a goat in the game, who he didn't think would be able to help with bringing numbers on, or he wouldn't be able to bounce ideas off uh, someone like a Kalani for instance but Steffi and I think uh, obviously Steffi being close to Kalani and Tony yeah. stood very firm on the fact that they wanted Teresa out at this point and to split the votes here yeah I mean uh, I think we saw earlier on uh, in the episode where uh, Teresa was just saying oh I woke up in the morning and I had this huge realization my best effort into you know surviving this point of the game would be aligning with 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 Tejan specifically so there is sort of that uh, link between them and even outside the game they're really really quite close friends it's surprising um and you know I think Tejan uh, was was because of Teresa's approach sort of thought through it like hang on you know, instead of me going on with, uh, I don't like using the word goat, but the see perceived weaker player that's not playing the best game, um, I'd rather go with a Torres or someone I can actually have 
strategic back and forths with because you know maybe something that I'm not seeing as a player she can see it and then we can circumvent that together um, and then we obviously saw him try to um, preach that gospel to to, to Tony but um, Tony the dictator wasn't having it apparently <laughs> yeah I like that I actually thought that um, um, Teresa staying in a game would have been a way smarter game for um, Tejan himself. Yes. I supported that idea because I don't like goats making it far in a game. If you are not going to be a physical threat and you're not going to be a social threat, then I need you to be a strategic threat. Yes. And so far, I'm sorry, I don't think that um, Kilani is taking exactly. any of those boxes right now except for the goat game. And in a game of returning players, I do not want any goat. I don't, I don't even want a goat making it to the merge. The fact that there is a goat making it to a merge upsets me because I need better players playing a game of chess full on and not just following whatever instructions are given to them. But seeing uh, Steffi being the one pulling Kilani and making sure that she got Kilani close to her reminds me of what they did with uh, Priscilla in their season where Priscilla was just nothing but a voting number for the amigos. And if anybody does not see Kilani that same way and see the reason why Steph is keeping her there, then they are not as playing the game. I really think Kilani being there and being close to Steffi might work in her detriment because I will remember that you did the same thing in your season where you just dragged someone that you knew was going to vote with you and just agree to everything you're saying. Um, and Teresa for me would have been a better option simply because I want to hear strategy. I want to hear people talk. I want to hear what you are thinking and not just nodding along to whatever that Steffi tells you to do. Yeah, it, it seems like the reasoning for that, according to Tony in the episode, was that um, they felt like Toriso is, number one, a smart player, and maybe that's threatening. But I don't think, you know, at this point, it's that strict. Is that threatening maybe later on? And that she's connect. well, her and Felix are connected to the people on the other tribe. Um, but I was like, you. they should have actually thought through it because, you know, who are they both connected to? Mm. Dino and Felix. And if Tejan and uh, Tony gave the idol to Dino, that means Toriso being connected is actually a good thing and not a bad thing. Um, but obviously, you know... Huge missed opportunity, in my opinion. Like, huge missed opportunity. You should have seen that yeah. as another way to galvanize. And like Odette said here, uh, this would have yeah. been a perfect opportunity to target someone like a Steffi. But I think... That shows why Steffi has played, again, I know I'm reiterating it, why she's yeah. played such a good social game and such a good undercover game going in there. I think that Tony Vlachos would have been proud of her for the undercover work that she did in this episode, you know, him being an undercover uh, cop himself for many years. Yeah. Uh, also here, I think for the first time in the life, we've got Olankos. Uh, for those who oh, yeah. don't know who that is or what that means, it means in Afrikaans, old, long sock. So welcome to <laughs> welcome to the live stream here as well, saying good vibes. Um, and we also have Jody popping up here with a, a great observation. Uh, he says, hey, hey, Jody, welcome back to the live. He says, I feel like being the GOAT strategy now because uh, I feel like being a GOAT is a strategy now because it is one of the easiest ways to get to the end. It might not be the winning strategy, but it will end up getting you to the end. And I do think it's a good point Jody brings up there. You know, obviously, Teresa 
wanted to implement the GOAT strategy to get to the end of the game and then hopefully uh, win the game that way, I do think it could be a winning strategy because we've never seen somebody be aware of the fact that they're a GOAT. And I think if you can show awareness at the final Tribal Council, now I know that you guys perceive me as the GOAT, but in reality, I wasn't the GOAT. In reality, I was doing X, Y, and Z. And I think to a certain degree, that's what happened with Christy Bennett for Australian Survivor Season 1, where people thought she was a GOAT and they dragged her towards the end. And then she got to the final Tribal Council and had one of the best final Tribal Council performances we've ever seen in Survivor because she was aware of how people perceived her and then turned the tables and ultimately won that season. So I'd be um, very um, sort of you know wary of saying that you don't necessarily have the ability to win. I think if you're not aware that you're the GOAT, if you don't have that self-awareness, yes, 100%, you're not winning it. But I think you know there was cases that can be made for players like that. But then again, uh, in saying that Kilani is someone as well, this season that people are perceiving as a goat. She's someone that says, I'm not going to make big waves here before the merge. I'm just going to go where the, where the waves take me. But I don't know if she is fully aware of how she's going to be perceived if she gets to the final. And if I had to put money on someone being a zero vote finalist at this point, it would be Kalani. I just don't think she's going to be able to win this season, especially with returning players, especially with the stakes being this high and with players playing this hard. I just don't think the respect is going to be there for her to ultimately win. But in this episode, we do sadly see that they're going to do the split vote here. Teresa um, notices two things here. Tony obviously was a, it was a bit of a misread from her here on who to vote out, but also Tajan is very open and free with his information, a little bit too open and free, and almost gives Teresa Richard the plan here on how to save herself. And why do you think Teresa ultimately did not take this, the, the gun and, and pull the trigger here? You know, was it because she is just too good for this game? She's just, you know, she loves Felix. He's a friend. Or do, she, do you think that Tajan did a good enough job here to convince her that he was actually going to go with them. Yeah, it, it, it honestly is 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 two factors to consider. Um, because um, obviously going into Tribal Council, you know, you have your friend. I mean, in the preseason, Toriso, you know, did mention, well, did admit that in real life, she's quite a robotic person. And when she played the first time, um, she didn't relate well with people because, you know, it was like, you know, I'm here to play the game. Let's just vote together. You know, we don't need to talk about kids or, you know, happy stuff outside the game. Let's just get to the point. Um, and it's really interesting seeing her this season, given how, you know, Trouble Council ends up going, that she decides to go um, the route of, you know, rather sticking to the plan. And to me, I thought two things motivated that. A, it is the emotional part that um, Felix is, you know, her best friend in the game at the moment. And there was a possibility of that Tejan could work with her. And she did admit in a confessional that um, she thinks she doesn't have a good read um, on Tejan, which was good on her. Um, she wasn't really sure if Tejan would, A, either work with her or, you know, lie, lie to her. And unfortunately, in this case, um, she, was, she was lied to. You know, there was two things supporting her gamble and her gam gamble didn't necessarily work out. And funny enough, if since Teresa is a huge uh, Siri fan, she could have pulled a three, two, one had she voted for Felix. So it was a missed opportunity there. But, you know, it happens yes. to the best of us. I wanted her to pull that off so badly. And oh, I was so sad to see Teresa go because she's also been so great with the confessionals this season. Yeah. Um, you know, she's been good at her reads in the game. 
And right. it, it hurts me to see some of these players that I so badly want to see make the merch like a Teresa go out pre-merch here again in yeah. this spot. Uh, Zoe, uh, obviously it's going to be back-to-back because we're going to go into the next episode and we're going to talk about, I think, an episode that both Zoe, you and Richard told me you were quite emotional by the result by the end of this. And we'll talk about that when we get there. Sad to see Palesa then sort of following Teresa here back-to-back. But before yeah. we jump into this episode, um, I wanted to bring up Lunkos's um, comment here. He says that Sandra and Heroes versus Villains was also uh, the GOAT strategy. The key is to also have yes. good confessionals and I've had at least one person to vouch for you behind the scenes um, at the end. And I think that Natalie White, you could also say, was someone yes. that you know, Russell thought, oh, I could drag her to the end. No one's going to vote for her. And she ended up, but I don't know if Natalie <clears throat> really pitched her case while at the end. I think um, she was kind of lucky with Russell playing an abrasive game and people not respecting his game at the end more so than anything else. But that's maybe a podcast for a different uh, time here. Zudaman also says, agreed, Kalani could have at least made an alliance and been more social. Everyone now quite literally sees her as a floater and a finale easy win. And and it's interesting because I wonder how far that is going to get her in the game uh, when we talk about who I think is playing the best game so far. Um, I can I can see one scenario where Kalani gets to the final two at this stage, and that is if Steffi ultimately wins the season, if she uh, takes her in yeah. as her her ride or die uh, to the end here, because she's now started to get different connections separate to the Marianne full package connection as well. Yeah. So that could be something that could be very useful for her going through the game, and and I think it would be a blowout if Steffi and Kalani sits next to each other in the end. We'll get a unanimous winner in Steffi. Have we had a unanimous winner, Richard, in Survivors of Africa before? Um, not to my knowledge, not, 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 not really. Um, look, you know, I think it's, um, it's a little bit too early for, 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 for us to say Kilani's a goat. I mean, uh, it's, she could it's still change just, it, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's only just merged. So, you know, who knows, you know, which alliance she could be a part of. And, you know, given how the game seems to be split up and people can go anywhere, she has the choice to either go the breakfast club uh you know way or go the tony Rauta, which i doubt she would but she can you know it's it's up to her whether she wants to do with the, the move now or at a later point so there's still hope maybe kilani will be the best player you know ever seen <laughs> i think the only way she can be like a best player is if she does um be a flip-flopper just flop around and target all the big names that she knows she cannot beat if she can be a flip-flopper, then maybe, maybe. But if she stays in one alliance, she will be seen as a GOAT. Because if you stay in one alliance and you follow the lead of the alliance, it will be difficult for her to kind of argue that she made the moves. So be a flip-flopper. I, I, just, haven't, I just haven't seen the evidence that Kalani is a player. I have not seen that evidence. So, I mean... No disrespect to Kalani. She's probably a, a really nice person outside of the game. Um, and I think that, you know, it shows by the fact that she's found her people. She didn't f- really connect with people in that first try, but now she's getting along with this new alliance yes. of hers really well. I think she's a great person. But some people are players and other people are not players. And I don't think she's a player. Yeah. I don't think she's – or maybe she's more of a passenger than a driver. I feel like she's happy yeah. to go wrong for the ride. And I, listen, I've been wrong many a times in the past. I'm happy to be wrong again. I don't think – <laughs> I'm going to be proven wrong on this one. I honestly, I will put my flag down on this one. I just don't see Kalani turning it around, going into the yeah. merge. Um, man, am I the am I the one that's brutal right now, Zoe? What's happened here? Like we've, we've, we've swapped seats. <laughs> I have no idea. Wait, oh, before we move on to the next episode, I just want to yeah. say 
I wanted Teresa to pull the trigger on Phyllis so badly because for me, it would be on theme, on just team chaos. Let's be chaotic. Let's blindside everybody. I feel like um, Phil failing to blindside Dante has slowed down on the blindsides, exciting blindsides, and everybody just missing things. And I don't like the fact that Teresa went with hard is this two million rands on the line. A heart for who? A heart for what? She had no heart for one million. Suddenly you're gonna have a heart with this two million? It just didn't make sense to me at all. Everything was laid down for her perfectly. She just had yeah. to pull the trigger, give me a best blind side and keep it moving. It's two well, million. I was going to say, I was going to say, you know, like, you know, I, I saw Teresa, I don't know if she's still single, but she's like, where's all the good men at or something like that on yeah. Twitter once before the season started. And yes. I commented on it and I said, well, maybe you could be Marion go out or not Marion. Um, who just was it? What's the, how did I forget? Season 42 no, no, no. Season 42 winner. Um, season 42 survivor. Marianne. Marianne. It's, it's a, it is Marianne, right? Okay. Oh, yeah. Marianne, yeah. Yeah, well, I yeah. for a second there I doubted myself because there's too many Marians now playing the game. But I was like, <laughs> hey, like maybe she could be like her, you know, go out there, win the million, and also get the guy, you yeah, know. Yeah. Like who cares about Felix? Felix is taken. He's married. <laughs> go get the two million rand. Go get your man. You know what I mean? Like uh, a lot of men would have been standing in line if you had two million rand in the bank. But yeah, going Thank back you. to going back to Zoe, I think both of you guys should actually um try orgs. I know Jody is quite a huge uh org player, um, because you actually really connect connect with people and even if it's just uh you know obviously for me you know you're just talking to people for like a month it is really hard to vote out someone you you know you've just i'm not even kidding like you know two million for two million i would vote out my mother for two million what the hell mommy you live long enough i love you <laughs> it's two million. Yeah. I'll give you fifty. I'll give you half of it or something just to bribe you. It's two Zoe, million. You you heard it here, Zoe and her mother for blood versus water. If you want to have that Sierra <laughs> moment out there, um, get Zoe and her mother on blood versus water for survivors of Africa. It's happening. She's voting out her mother. Mama, if you're listening to this, you better take Zoe one. out. Mama, if you're listening, you've got to you've got to keep on top of this, yeah. <laughs> I'll put my mother out on day one. She's horrible at social skills. <laughs> uh, um, Jody here says, "Who could Kalani beat at the end?" And I think that's the that's the question. I mean, if Dante keeps pissing people off, maybe Dante. But I just don't see a world where Dante oh. and Kalani works together. Um, I just don't think that they would vibe together going into the end. And maybe that's another wrong call from my end. Zudaman here bringing up right Marion and Mary Ann. That's it. Like I don't know why I had a brain fart <laughs> moment there, Zudu Man, because there's just too many Marianne's and Mary Ann's at the moment, two seasons in a row, and I'm horrible with names. I feel like I've done pretty well this season to try and pronounce yeah. everybody's name right, um, because it's not by strength. But I don't know what it is, but I've got like diarrhea of the mouth when it comes to <laughs> pronouncing names. Um, all right, we're going into episode eleven here finally, uh, and we have Felix waking up feeling really outside of the numbers. Uh, you've got Tajan talking to him, trying to justify, but Felix now knows that this is not going to go the way that he wants it to go. And he, I think at this point, they've lost Felix. Felix is now in survival mode. He wants to get to the merge so he can jump back to the Nobius Alliance or to Dante. That's the two people that he wants to work with. And I've got a feeling he's probably going to land up with Dante more than the Nobius Alliance because the Nobius Alliance wants to work with the people that just betrayed him. And I just don't see a world where Felix is going to do that, Richard, because Felix to me comes across as a man of principle and I don't think he's going to be working with them. 
Yeah, I mean, um, looking at how he played the last time and looking looking at how he's playing this time, it's almost like um, you know, with how Tevin went home, you know, um, him being willing to being willing to see uh, Kilani go or Pinty go, sort of. Um, it's almost like he's learned to not impose his opinion. And if he sees that people are hating one direction or if someone is saying something he doesn't agree with, you just see him looking at it and just agreeing. But when he goes to the confessional, he says his thoughts, that I'm not happy about this. This person is telling me uh, crap or you know, I'm not happy with the direction of the way things are going. And that's a good, I see a good player in him. So I also do see- Very impressed by Felix this season. Very impressed by him. Like yeah. the Felix we saw in Island of Secrets, like he's the he's the example, the opposite example of Pinty coming back this season, having yeah. learned from that previous experience, coming back, playing a very good game. And I think that he was, from what I could see, one of the most yeah. capable players. And I think it's probably why him, Phil, and Dino kind of gravitated together because yes. they're probably some of the more capable players from that pre-merge tribe. So very happy for all of them to make the merge by the end of this week. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Felix from the preseason on Rap International was like, my wife was really pissed off at the way I played. He said, I came off as a douche. This time I want to be different. And I hope, you know, she's proud. And I think her wife must be proud that, you know, the yeah. husband uh, made merge and hopefully he he makes it quite far. Um, but yeah, awesome reads on him so far. No, he's, do he's doing himself proud. And he's such a nice guy because, you know, I had a, a chat with uh, Tanya, before she went back to go play again, I had an interview with her um, way back, and yeah. she actually said, "Like, listen, the Felix, she was all defending him. She's like, the Felix you mm. saw on that island and me and him butting heads, that's not the Felix I know outside of the game. We're actually good friends yeah. outside of the game. Felix tried to keep her in the game, and clearly um, we're seeing the true Felix here. We're not seeing yeah. the person that was pissed off for that period of time and maybe did, you know sometimes you'll you know this is the bad thing about reality tv I, i'm sure a lot of us that are in the live i'm sure a lot of people who listen to this they think to themselves yeah. man i'd love to go play this game but you you sometimes forget that you could be like having the worst month of your life and that's all people remember you for for the for the eternity of your life because you just went yeah. through a bad spell or something mentally going into the game you weren't in the right mind space and now people think this is who you are this is your personality zoe and they judge you for yeah. that for the rest of your life when you maybe just had a bad month <laughs> I have a bad month every month. <laughs> I refuse to believe it. I refuse to believe it. Zoe. You just don't see it. <laughs> <We're good pretend. laughs> yeah, but that's a, um, the downside of reality TV. We don't yeah. really know what's going on in your personal life before you make it there. And Zoe will sit here and judge you without knowing anything about you. And it's sad, but it is what it is. Sorry, guys. But he's back <laughs> and he's doing absolutely amazing. It's like completely two different people. But here's the thing that I noticed with a Phyllis, that if people like are good at studying body language, you're able to pick it up. When he doesn't agree with something, you'll be like, yeah. And I'm like, Phyllis, you're saying yeah, your mouth, but your head is saying no. Yeah. And nobody is picking it up. It's like, yeah, sure, I trust you, man. I'm like, no, you don't. <laughs> Mixed signals. He does I, give well, up. Well, Tajan should have come to you for coaching sessions before he goes out, before he went out there, because it looks like he's got Tajan snowed at this point. <laughs> he should have. But also, here's another thing that we don't really highlight a lot when it comes to Phyllis is the fact that he wanted to work with Steffi the second they ended up on the same tribe. And Toriso took the guns and pulled him along to an alliance with Tejan and Tony, which was 
didn't go anywhere. So I'm, I always wonder, like, how would things have played out if Teresa didn't make the decision on her own and let Phyllis take the reign as how he wanted to and align himself with um, Steffi? Maybe Kilani would not be here and Teresa and them would have been here and Tajan would have been gone. We don't know how it would have played out, but I'm curious how things would have played out, especially since he said it, I don't want to work with Tony and Tajan, I want to work with Steffi. Yeah. What if? What yeah. if? All the what ifs that um, I think these players go back home and they think about afterwards and they, they you know, think, oh, I should have just done X, Y, or Z yeah. differently. And then, you know, mm. I think that's there's some real trauma that goes from this game. I think uh, Tyson said it in his season, some people never recover from the game afterwards when they lose it. And I think Steffi mentioned it early on as well this season. She said some people take this game very personal for many years yes. afterwards. So um, I think to have that awareness brings you into a good place when you go into the game, being aware that this game could affect you for many years to come because of one mistake that you made. And not many people, very few people get the opportunity to go out there and play again and actually rectify the mistakes that they've made, which all of these players so far have been lucky to do. So I think it will yeah. hurt extra bad when you, again, for the second time, don't That's make right. the merge. Would really sting, oh. you know, when you when you went out there. So um, I hope everybody that didn't make the merge, you know, again, it's all love from our end because like uh, CD Mac here, and the live is saying this season is great so far. Like I think possibly the best season in Survivor South Africa, you know, and I thought Immunity Island was the best for me last season. So I don't know if it's just because I'm podcasting about it. I'm enjoying it that much more because I'm analyzing it at a deeper level, but the cast has been absolutely phenomenal. Now going into this last two episodes, we've got another round that comes up here. We've got the immunity challenge coming up. And as we go to the immunity challenge, Marianne does say beforehand that she is going to play diplomatic immunity for Steffi. If they, lose that one because Steffi is her ride or die. She's said this many a time. She's the person she wants to play with very deep in the game, which again makes me very bullish on Steffi's chances going into the game because it does seem that a lot of people want to play with Steffi at this stage and she has got options going into the merge. Um, but ultimately, they're going to go into this immunity challenge. It's going to be individual but tribal. So the way I scored it on our fantasy um, was not individual. It was which tribe won. They got the points in this one as well because we haven't gone to the individual yet. It's still the tribal immunity. But they all have to stand on a perch with a ball above their head and this is a classic survivor endurance challenge the ones that i would absolutely freaking hate to do if i was out there because i can't stand still for very long like i always have to move you know so standing still for like an hour that's not my idea of a fun day zoe no no get me to talk for 24 hours without shutting up i will win <laughs> still no i can't <laughs> i hated it no way. Yeah, I'm yeah, a huge fan. Yeah, I'm a huge fan. Oopsie. <laughs> it was exciting. Um, I just want to talk about like when you saw Dante hopping off and sitting down to have a full-blown conversation with Phyllis. I was like, you know what, Dante, you can go home because this is terrible. But that was the first um reaction until I saw everybody else that was jumping off, just sitting in a bench, having full-blown strategy conversation. So I was like, okay, maybe I got mad at Dante a little bit too quickly. It just seems like this is what everybody's doing. And for me, it just highlights what a high level of 
gameplay these people yeah. are and they are fully away they are not first-time players they are returning players they are taking every single moment in the game to talk strategy to plan and talk to people and it was very chaotic i think i had i watched an episode twice because i wanted to know who was saying what what was going on because it was messy and it was hectic and if you didn't pay attention you could have missed certain conversations that were happening amongst the cast themselves yeah, I think yeah. you're. I think you're absolutely on point. Like it was really, really um hard to 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 tell what was what what was going on. And I think it's really smart of what well, it was really smart of Dante to throw the challenge to have a conversation after hearing that you know obviously both tribes are going to trouble council and the winners are safe and the losers you know uh, are going to get votes from the people from the tribe that is safe as well. Huge new interesting twist. So, um, Shannon and Mike must be doing a good job as uh, production consultants. I see. Yeah, I, I loved it. I love the twist. I think that not knowing, I mean, you've got friends on that side. The Survivors of Africa community is a small community. Some of these people may have hung out at events yes. before, but they haven't played together this whole game. So they don't really know where people's heads at. They don't really know who's going to get voted out. So it does muddy the water, it complicates things, and it makes it harder for you now to split the vote because if you wanted to split the vote like they wanted to do between Dino and Full here, where's the other tribe going to vote and how does that potentially maybe put you at risk as one of the majority alliance? So you almost are incentivized to stack your votes on someone and for the best that they don't have an advantage in the game and i think that there's a series of misunfortunate events here that happens yes. because obviously palessa is the one that becomes the collateral damage of this twist so some people might not like that part of it and why the twist was there but i think you know if we're not results focused i think the twist does make it interesting and potentially yeah. uh, puts a lot of pressure on a majority alliance on the other tribe so i really enjoyed that but um so a couple of interesting things happening here yes dante talking to flex good job, you know, you've got to strategize, you've got to start getting a target out there and see where Felix is sitting in. Felix saying that he's in trouble um, and mm. he's trying to work with Tajan and Tony and Dante saying that Tony is a disease. I'm like, well, what the hell? You know, really going in there. Um, he's got away with words there, Dante, very charming. Um, but, you know, it's funny. It's funny to watch and entertaining. And yeah. we ultimately see that they have to decide at the end who's going to um, going to win this. And it's interesting because the alliance that are up there is the Tony, uh, Tajan alliance with Steffi yeah. being the undercover agent. And then you've also got Dino and full Dino ultimately doing something here that I think he would have never thought. And I think I would never think I would do is throw a channel challenge for someone else. Yeah. He has to do it, but he's got the idol. So he's got some safety yeah. to get full, to go to the outpost. And then ultimately, um, Tajan and Steffi throws the challenge for Tony to win. Who's not been to the outpost before we know that this, really kills Steffi inside because she's such a warrior. She wants to be competitive and win challenges. But again, I know if, this is the Steffi Love podcast here, but this week for me, um, she played a phenomenal game because once again, she fought her natural instincts which is to win. And again, yeah. she's showing some maturity in her gameplay here to say, I can't yeah. put that heat unnecessarily on myself. I will throw it and I'm going to jump off. It was a good decision, especially since one, they're going to win. And two, she has an idol. She doesn't need to go to Outpost. And if Tony goes, that put a target on her because everybody at this point is thinking, if you go to Outpost, you are coming back with something. So that put a target on Tony going forward because people are going to be wondering what does she has in her sleeve? What does she receive? Same with Dino. Um, I don't, I don't think he would have done it any other season, but this time around, once again, he has an idol. He can protect himself if he needs to play it. Phil is his number one in the game so far. 
where they are at so him going there to give something can help out the alliance it all parties made the smartest decision that they could have made i don't fault any of them they really thought it through and they made a smart decision big up to all of them but i do feel sad for um steffi uh i don't like her i don't like seeing her sad it's like oh yeah. sorry girl but just take the l take the w you made a good decision for the long run yeah, yeah, she's still the champion in our hearts this season. You know, she's still we know we know the competitor that is out there. Uh, I do want to yeah. go back to a couple of the live comments here because it's been a while since I've brought a couple of these up. Um, yeah. The Harvester Four, welcome back to the stream. Says, why would Meryl want to weaken Dante? He is easily the shield for that alliance, and I agree. I found it interesting, but I think that Meryl. Um, didn't really want Dante out in this specific spot, but what she's doing this episode is you can see her planting seeds with different people like yeah. Dino and Phil saying, hey, I, I don't want to be with him long term. I do want to split my game from him. So I think she's planting seeds to potentially have Dante as an option down the line. Uh, but she did say we need to try and keep him safe for this round. He could be in danger. Obviously, there's an interesting conversation in the beginning of this episode with uh, Dante going to Meryl saying, hey, can you talk to Dino and tell Dino about my idol to kind of scare him off from trying to vote for me but again we've spoken about this before and we won't go into it too much here but Dante the way that he comes across when he does it it's not good yes. he's forceful you know he forces he doesn't really explain to people he doesn't even let them in on how things happen so I think um, being that forceful is something that really does not get the others to want to work with him here also uh, Lunkos here saying, obviously, exactly. Dante will also make a perfect goat for her since he is the yin to her yang. I do think that if Meryl and Dante sits at the end, that Meryl probably would win in that scenario based on the fact she's a better social player. But I also can see a lot of ways where if Dante gets to the end, he does get the win because he's openly played the game so hard. And I think that, you know, in Survivor, we as the audience see a lot of the gameplay. And we get to see that full picture, the helicopter view of what's happening, but the yeah, players yeah. don't get to see that. So when you're visibly playing the game as hard as Dante, all of them see him play the game so hard. His name yeah. is out there. So for him to make the final, I think he wouldn't be a goat for everyone, but he might be a goat for Meryl. I think there's potentially some uh, truth to that as well. Zudeman here says that this is a top six survivor season between the US and SA for me, honestly. So very high praise there. And uh, Odette here also saying, amazing pre-merge. I'm very worried about the post-merge. Might be like Island of Secrets. So being predictable, voting people out, and then maybe a Steffi, Marianne, uh, Meryl Alliance just running through everybody, um, which I think is the obvious one at this point. Agree, uh, yeah. But Lonko says that, don't worry, Odette, lightning does not strike twice um, at the same place twice. I think it is highly unlikely. And then also here, this one here, I wanted to get into uh, Odette saying, I hated the twist since it will always strengthen the majority spread between the tribes. Now, I think that the twist was good and it would potentially um, not necessarily be the majority across both tribes if there wasn't this cross-tribal swap or if Marion didn't have the diplomatic community to use with the twist to go over to the other side and make sure that the votes fall where the majority alliance wants it to fall. So hats off here again. We haven't spoken about this uh, to Marianne actually pulling through and taking the risk of playing that diplomatic community to go to the other tribe where she isn't that well received here in the early days, Richard. Yeah, uh, first of all, I just want to say um, I've been seeing that Oded and Olankos have been, you know, bar, sort of like podcast hopping. So uh, glad to see them supporting our Survivor SA podcast. Awesome, and, we appreciate uh, it. Yeah, it really is. Um, what was the question again? Sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I was just going to say, um, and no, great. I didn't, you see, yeah. for me, 
Um, I've said this quite openly. I don't check out a lot of the other podcasts nowadays because I want to have my own fresh opinion yeah, um, and, and not necessarily, and I hope I did, um, and uh, also Olankos. <laughs> You guys listen to a lot of other podcasts. I hope that we do bring a different flavor, a little bit of a different opinion to the other podcasts by not listening to them. It doesn't get into your head where you sound like another version of the same other podcast. But we appreciate you if you're jumping into different podcasts and you're checking us out. We really do appreciate that. Um, so, Rich, I was going to say, you know, Marianne here using that diplomatic community to go over to the other um, you know, yeah. tribe. I think really well played at the right time here for her, firstly, to keep herself safe with the numbers dwindling down, not knowing who the other tribe's going to vote out. She's had some issues with Tony before. Tony he looks is. like Tony's running that alliance. So all out, you know, we haven't spoken much about Marianne this week, but Marianne, I think, edit-wise, has been the superstar of this season, and I think she's she's doing a great job. I think she made the right read here to go over to the other tribe to go and try and influence that tribe on who to vote out for. Yeah, it was quite interesting because when I saw her jumping to the other side, um, I was watching her do the friend and I was like, why is she doing it? Because, you know, initially it didn't make sense. Um, but it ended up adding up that, number one, she's saving herself, which is you know, always, always the best thing to do. And that advantage it had a time limit. You know, the swap had to happen before merge. And maybe she was smart enough being a huge fan of the show to preempt the possibility of a merge uh, coming after this trouble counts. And she decided to switch because, you know, maybe she thought her tribe wouldn't lose a challenge and then she'd be like an easy target. So that's good, you know, thought because had merge not happened and her the uh, Marcy 2.0 lost two times, she could have been a very much an easy target on that side, even though Steffi is an idol, maybe she could have survived once or twice. Um, who knows? Um, but yeah, it was a good move on her. She's been doing quite well. Like I said, you know, uh, she's mastering the small... Um, parts of the game and she's must do, doing well at the big uh, parts of the game so you know hope she goes to the end but you know, who knows yeah i would have been yeah. upset with her if she didn't use it because i as a survivor fan i've been counting down days and i remember last week when we were done with our live chat i told you guys merge is definitely happening on thursday True. if not later <laughs> monday and i think the players in the game too they are also counting down days they know they already have a tribe swap they know the numbers are dwindling down they know that merge is coming anytime soon and having nico saying that both tribes are going to tribal council is pretty much obvious that whoever survived this is making it to the merge. It's just something that I feel like is instinctive when you are in the game. So it was the perfect time for her to do it. What shocked me was Steffi not being super excited to see her. Yeah. I understand why she had to kind of like distance herself and make, not make it seem like they are that close. Yeah. But at the same time, she was honest that she just didn't want her there because she got everything covered. So it wasn't even like she was pretending. She genuinely did not want her number one in the game. And now that I'm looking at their Instagram, Steffi is nowhere to be found. <laughs> and I'm like, does this relationship survive, survivor? Or it ended. Do you have insight? Tea? Do you want to share with us, I, Richard? I don't know. I don't know if we, I don't. I don't know if we want to talk about that. It could be some <laughs> territory for what's going to come in the future. <laughs> yeah. Because 
to be honest with you, the way I see things play out here, and, and this is going into the speculation territory and how I'm reading the edits and how I'm reading things playing out, I did say I'm going to make some bold predictions at the end of the, the, the show, and I'm still going to make those bold predictions, but I think okay. Steffi cuts Marion at some point. That I believe yeah. that's going to come because Steffi is already getting other people. Marianne continues to talk about how Steffi is her number one. Number uh, one. And that there is no picking order when it comes to Steffi. So I think this is Marianne's bl blind spot. You know, everybody's got a blind spot in the game. I think Steffi is Marianne's blind spot. And I could be yeah. completely wrong. I've got no insider information. But if Richard does know anything about that type of stuff, um, we wouldn't want to know because it could potentially <laughs> spoil us as to what's going to happen in the future. But you could have picked yeah. up something here where maybe Marianne and Steffi aren't as close as they used to be because of that. But let's see how this plays out. I'll, I'll go to the prediction side of things towards the end of Later. this episode um also here Oded did come back and say hey guys you're doing an awesome job thanks for the mention uh always we we really appreciate you know all of your inputs even when it's different i think that's the great thing about survivor as a community we all see the game differently you know that's why we get so many different players that play the game differently um and no yeah. one's right or wrong it's just an opinion here for everybody right at the end of the Being day nullified take. <laughs> it's the nullified take for a reason you know like uh, like i've always said if i ever go out there and uh, go play the game and maybe become the quantified take because i've actually been out there then we might oh. consider it we might, might, might change we might change the name if i was ever to yeah. actually become qualified you know i'm not qualified right now but i, I still yeah. have a voice and i have an opinion we did say in the beginning of the podcast South africans are allowed they like to get their voice out there we like to have an opinion yeah. about things and i think that's what makes survivors south africa so great because we've got strong personalities everybody wants to be the 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 the, the uh, person who's in control of their own destiny out there this season exactly. uh, and drive the the bus they don't want to be the passengers there's there's only one passenger in this game right now and that's exciting that's exciting to see only one person being a passenger the rest of them all want to drive uh, towards the oh, end here great. but um in this specific episode obviously the swap happens well uh, I, I would say the marianne swap she goes over to the other tribe Yep. Steffi is not too happy about that. Like we said, you know, Marianne says that this is her ride or die, but Steffi is like, hey, I wanted to be on this tribe on my own so that I have yeah. that on my resume at the end, that I survived. I made the moves on this side so I can claim it at the end, which is very true because, you know, she is outside of the breakfast club she hasn't been with the breakfast club for quite a while so now she's yeah. having to rely on marianne that things are still good on the breakfast club and she doesn't know how much the dante um merrill and marianne relationship has deteriorated in that time as well so she's got to take marianne's word for it at this point so there's a risk for steffi that she's not been in that alliance and then also the second part is she really wants to own her side of things so but i think that she does hide this reasonably well because she is upset marianne does notice that she's upset but it's more about the fact that she didn't win the challenge and i think because steffi is such a big competitor marianne will probably believe her in the spot when she says that's why i'm upset yeah it is quite interesting to see how you know um uh steffi values you know challenges and how much is a big thing for her while maybe someone like you know dante you know throwing the challenge maybe you saw it as a good thing and mm. i'm really interested in this edit because we're really seeing um steffi going through a lot of like um some cognitive dissonance where you know she's crying about how you know not happy about how certain things are going and you know us seeing things in her picture it sort of gives me an indication that maybe she, she's going to be doing well this season and i thought she was going to be like first second boot um given how i predicted it's hard the... not to tell you guys my opinion on who i think is going to win this season but she's, like, <laughs> she's, in, she's in she's she's right up there at she's the top of people that i think could win this season and yeah, the thing is this is this is the reason i like steffi the first time and i think this is where a lot of people 
a lot of people saw the frustrated pissed off Steffi, right? Yeah. I saw the Steffi that was competitive. I was like, man, I relate to that chick. You know why? Yeah. Because I've got a history in sports and I think that's why it's yeah. different. I mean, I'm literally wearing a no, Spartan no. top right here, you know, for the Spartan races. So like, you know, I love sports. I love running Spartan obstacle course races. I did karate. I represented South Africa in karate growing up you know so stuff like that so so that's my thing i'm 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 a sports fanatic so yeah. i get steffi from that point i would have been able to relate to kalani as well i would have been able to relate yeah. to Taj, uh, relate to tajan uh steffi for her sports stuff so i get yeah. the competitiveness because i'm like that i get upset if i don't win like i'm not i'm not gonna go off at people but i'm gonna be super upset at myself exactly. so i i relate to steffi at that point and that's why yeah. i think i am drawn to her because i see that warrior spirit it's the reason why i keep nominating her for if we had a team South Africa in an international <laughs> crossover season, she's first on the list. We need for a sure. warrior out there for South Africa yeah. to represent Zoe. Not just in Survivor, I also want her in a challenge because mm -hmm. she's a she's very sporty and she's stubborn. I see her getting into a lot of fights in the house and giving me entertainment. I'm not into sports that much, but I like watching people do things that I wouldn't dare do. Like no, I don't want to mess up any of my body parts. Thank you very much. But I'll watch your guys do it. But then when it comes to the competitive side, it's like I am hard on myself. I want to, I, to, to succeed in everything I do. So having that personality, you do become a little bit hard on yourself when you feel like you are failing yourself. Then I can relate her on. So I understand the frustration. And that's what I like about her, just knowing that she wants to succeed in everything that she does. And she does get frustrated when she doesn't succeed. Um, I just wish she can be a little bit less hard on herself. It's easy to say it, but I think it's a difficult thing to do in real life to give yourself a break. It, it really um, affected Steffi when I had the interview with her, which again um, yeah. was on the previous channel, when I spoke to her about how she was perceived by the public after that season. And that's where I knew she had a softer side to her as well, where she said to me, it affected her how she was seen as this bully, this bad person where mm -hmm. she knows she does so much for the community, gives back and is a very loving and caring person. And that, that's just when you put someone out there in a competitive environment and you're going up against it's you or me, one of us is going to win clashes yeah. are going to happen but Lonko's here brings up a very interesting um sort of topic and we've mentioned it a few times actually here on the channel he says you hit the nail on the head south african castaways are not as restricted as the u.s and au castaways when it comes to what they can say or do on tv cancel culture isn't as bad here um i think it exists to a certain degree everywhere but the thing with south africans is that we have gone through so much shit excuse my french if you've got yeah. kids in the car listening to this podcast but we've gone through so much crap in south africa that the pleasantries have long left the building it's just like listen this is how it is do you Thank vibe you. with me i vibe with oh, you, you don't. let's keep it let's keep it moving and 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 it's less of all of the other you know antics that goes around it pleasantries <laughs> yeah and and, yeah. I've, and and i think that culturally it's something that if, if you're from the u.s or you're from other countries um i know that zudu man who's in the chat he's from the u.s uh, as well a u.s fan who watches this um i think that you know it'd be interested to, to know zudu man what do you think of the fact that it's a lot more straightforward it is a lot more cutthroat i think it has got an old school feel to it a little bit how survivor used to be where yeah. it's not i don't feel like survivors of africa is politically driven at all i feel like it's a show where we just see things happening it's gameplay people are vibing if you don't vibe this is why we don't vibe and and, and we keep it moving and that's why for me south and african survivors refreshing to watch 
And you also, you also get to see it with the eliminations. We don't have an issue where we feel like black people have been voted out first or women have been targeted first. No, it's either I like you or I don't. It is that straightforward. I don't care if you're black, white, Indian, it's not we're vibing or we're not vibing. And we also mentioned this on our first um, episode that as yes. an African, we are just straightforward. We don't have time for the fitness and the pretense. It's tiring, it's exhausting. Do you like me? You don't like me? Let's keep it moving. Everything else is background noise. Yeah. And, exactly. and, we, and when we dangle money in our faces, it gets even worse. There's great glimpse for that two million rand to get it, you know? And that's why you see this competitive streak right now in the game. But it, yeah. it is refreshing. I'm really enjoying it. I like seeing the game. I like seeing people make everything about the game and play the game and keep it about the game uh, as we continue to move through this season. But um, obviously at this point here, uh, there's a lot of people that potentially have some 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 pouches going into this final. So it really takes out a lot of names. You know, like you've got Meryl, who's obviously got yeah. the um, Tribal Council pass that she can use, but she doesn't want to use it unless she absolutely has to. Dante yeah. is lying to everybody about his yeah. idol, Meryl included, saying that he's got an idol. So well done on that because it does scare people and deter them from putting votes on him because they feel like it's going to be wasted. Dino yeah. has got a legitimate idol. Fuller's yeah. out on Outpost. They don't know what he's potentially getting, and they're assuming that he's getting some sort of an advantage that could keep him safe in the game, which ultimately... Yeah leaves the target on only a, a few possible Palesa. people here. I believe it was Palesa, Shane, and, well, well, Palesa and Shane, yeah, really. Yeah. But, but, and, but and again, Shane is also faking that he's got an idol. So in their mind, Palesa really does become the only viable option because everybody Thank else you. is faking it. I think Meryl, people don't know about her uh, thing, but people didn't necessarily want to go for Meryl here. It was considered at one point. But it was a lot of craziness happening as this vote came together. Um, and we will get into that as we talk about the Tribal Council because normally I don't find the Tribal Council interesting I skip over it because we already know what the plan is going into it. Um, it's fr from a podcaster standpoint, not from a, a viewing point. I just feel like a lot of the plans have already been set in motion by the time you get there. But this tribal council for me was legitimately a live tribal council where things were happening on the spot as we went in there. But before we get to the tribal council, the one thing I wanted to touch on, what did you think, Richard, of the outpost and both Phil and Tony going there and absolutely butchering the name and the potential of getting an idol that they could share. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it. I mean, I feel like the way the the challenge was structured that it was going to be someone from one tribe and someone from the other. You know, it does. You know, if, if both of those people are well informed about and are socially aware of the dynamics that are happening on their tribe, they can be able to potentially work together and try to make up a cross tribal alliance plan to get rid of the person they actually do pick um so these people obviously go back to their tribes and they'll be like the leaders in terms of suggesting who should go so that they get an advantage and then we saw obviously tony doing that and it rubbing people off the the wrong way and then we see um phil going back to his tribe and try to make shane the vote but then dino's like maybe let's get rid of Mer uh, meryl because she, she according to dino dino thinks uh, meryl is the best player in the game at this point and then you know, Palesa also says that Shane is someone, you know, you know, he'll put his foot in his mouth at some point. You know, the big threat here is Merrill. Um, looks like Phil failed to make uh, Shane Shane the vote on, on, on his hand. But yeah, it was, it was a very interesting uh, twist at the outpost. And I'm really happy to see how the players went apart. But obviously they got it wrong. So there's that. From the outside, I thought it was a set plan. I didn't see why we'll go left. 
because I completely forgot that Steffi and Shane are close outside the game because yes. of how low-key they are in a game. Only when Steffi brought out that she had an issue with Shane, I was like, oh, bad idea. You guys should have yeah. went for somebody else. I completely forgot they're playing a good game in pretending like they are not close. And as a viewer, if you're not a Richard and don't know all this bad information, some things just don't make sense because like, why are we defending Shane? It's Shane. Let him go. Um, but once again, we have Meryl and Dino and Palisa reading the game perfectly they know who mm -hmm. the biggest threats are they know who they have to get rid of and my boy phil he's not feel re reading is fundamental can you please read <laughs> he's not reading the room god damn it phil but yeah um i think he's was... my favorite player this season by the way just just oh, the conditionals like i mean the guy has brought so much to the show like the longer falls in the game the more fun we're gonna have week in and week out because i never know what's gonna come out of his mouth yeah, <laughs> uh, Phil is, I was going to say something. Phil is so funny that uh, when Jean was sitting next to um, her wife, she was like, um, I think I'm going to divorce you and I'm going to be ma be marrying Phil. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> What's going that is something. That is something. The, the yeah. funniest moment for Phil, because I don't know if I'm going to remember this, this whole yeah. episode is him going and strategizing with Nico. <laughs> that was That had me in <laughs> 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 he even forgot. He's like, no, I want to make sure I spoke to everybody. I'm like, even Nico, even Nico feel. I just feel like that's how chaotic everything was. Like, listen, yeah, Lerou, but... Lerou, I know you listened to this, Lerou. Bring Phil <laughs> back. Like, if you're gonna have a third time player coming back, like I endorse full the three peat, the first three peat player for Survivor South Africa. We need him back on our screens like tomorrow. I think, like after yeah. the season, I don't care where he places because he's gonna be fun every single time he's out there. Yeah, his confessions are as hilarious as his season in season five because I remember I just finished watching it recently, so it's still fresh yeah. in my head. He was funny, so I'm happy I chose him. He's entertaining, but damn, he cannot read the game at all. Like, he's always just a little bit off on what needs to be done. And by the time that everybody reveal what they have and you do the math, it's like, okay, it's obvious that Palisa and Meryl are in huge trouble because those are only two people that people think have nothing in their pocket. Mm -hmm. And it just shows how good Meryl is. She has an advantage that only Steffi and Marion knows about. Nobody else knows about it. So to, it's beautiful to see that everybody thinks she has nothing and relying simply on her social game. And I'm looking forward to the day where she actually plays the, um, her advantage because I feel like it will shock everybody and it will solidify her as a top player and a biggest threat in this game. Like the Tribal Council was so live, Tajan lost his cool. He lost his cool. I mean, out of everybody for a good reason. In the... For a good bloody reason. Like the only <laughs> one who had common sense in that alliance, by the way. So well done, Tajan. Hats off. <laughs> Proceed on that part. Please continue because I want to come yeah. back. I want to get I'll, on we, my let, let, let's, get, let's get into this. And I think, uh, Richard, you can probably add a little bit there as well because I'm sure you you have had some conversations with Tajan every now and again. I don't know if you'd spoke to him about this vote specifically. Yeah. But, you know, we get into the tribal council. Obviously, uh, there's two tribes into one tribal council, which is very unique. We're going to have both tribes vote uh there's yeah. a little bit of talking and caginess like what can we do they're trying to like wink and tell people different things you know marianne saying play the idol 
for shame to Dante. Dante's trying to, to word vote Palesa. They finally got to Palesa being the person that's going to be collateral damage because they know for a fact she's the one person that does not have anything or she doesn't have the presence of mind here. If Palesa did one thing wrong, she doesn't have the presence of mind to at least fake that she's got something. So she becomes the automatic person that is going to be um, the collateral damage here. But, you know, Nico gets to the point, and this is again why we don't talk about Nico enough here on the podcast, but I love Nico as a host because he lets things play out organically. He doesn't get involved. And this is another thing that if we're going to look at the US, and I saw Zulu Man come back and agreeing with a lot of what we said earlier about the US survivor. Um, but if you look at the US survivor, Jeff is, I think, trying to become the star of the show when he's supposed to be the host yes. and let things yes. play out organically, which is the biggest problem that I have because I, I love Jeff Probst, the Jeff that we had. You know, he gave us shows of many, many survivors. The survivors of Africa wouldn't exist without Jeff doing what he did. But the one thing I don't like is him trying to impose himself on the game too much with Nico lets things happen organically and lets it plays out. So he says, hey, if you guys want to talk, just get up and talk. You know, and the USU, I don't think you would have seen that happen as organically. And we see a lot of the whispering going on. But guess what? Unlike the survivor over in the US, we get the subtitles. We get to see what is being discussed, the yep. strategy. They're not hiding it from us. So we get to see this vote come together, which is fascinating to see because everybody's got different things here. And the votes get shifted to Palesa. Um, and it's crazy because Full is telling, you know, Tajan, I need three extra votes. And there's a lot of different things that are happening here. But when they go back to their seats, Tajan is not happy with what happened because they had a game plan coming in there. They were going to vote out someone that they believed were not in the numbers, but it got swapped here uh, at the last minute, which means they're voting out one of their own numbers here, Richard, which will put Tony and himself in the bottom. And he doesn't understand. He's There's certain bits of information he does not have to his disposal here. But I thought Tajan was the only one of reason. And I think that, you know, Love Tony this season. She's she's she played a very big week. She was definitely running her alliance. She was directing yeah. it. But this is where 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 she got scatterbrained and and lost the plot. If she's going to lose the game, it's going to be based on this. I think this is going to be the moment she's going to look back at. Yeah, uh, you know, it, it was quite frustrating because you know I, I was actually happy that you know he, he actually spoke out. You know, given how dangerous obviously speaking out is because. I like what he said. You know, before like coming into the in, into tribal council. He, him, Tony, and the Alliance had a set plan on how to play the game. And a huge factor to that, um, maybe a span in the works, was a Steffi sort of like whispering that, Tony, I can't, I can't vote, you know, for Shane. Maybe that's what, what was going through Tony's mind in terms of why maybe, you know, she might have thought that, that they might not have enough numbers, um, given how maybe the splits were so close, because I think it was something close to a, uh, five six or six six or something like that um because you know there's some people in the middle like felix and um steffi well in kilani who could go either way of the alliance depending on where they'd want the the game to go but yeah it is you know i i totally related with 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 tejan you know i, I was talking to tejan's wife and he was she was quite pissed with how you know people were sort of like being scatterbrains you know trouble council when you know the best way to avoid a lot of trouble council is to come pre-hand with a set idea where you guys have the numbers and you stick to it regardless of what happens at Trouble Council, which is what uh, Zoe was saying, given how you know Phil flipped last time. Mm. Just want to read this comment before you jump in here, Zoe. 
Odette says that also allegedly Tony said in a viewing, says allegedly, we don't know if this definitely happened. Tony said in a viewing party yesterday, she tried to tell Dino to play the idol for Palesa, but he thought she meant vote for Palesa. Um, I think that, you know, for, for Dino to play the idol on Palesa in this tribal council with so many uh, little, so little options available, you know, I mean, Dino would conveniently yeah. say, oh, sorry, I thought you said vote for Palesa. That's what I would do. I would never play the idol in a, in a small tribe like this where you could potentially be that second vote. Uh, it would be too big of a risk. I think Dino is not the type of player that would do that. So obviously, sadly here, Palesa is going to go home early. And the story of Palesa this season is um, a bit of a frustrating one, I feel like, because, you know, she came into this game, I feel like, with not as many people in her corner. I don't know if she was as connected to the Survivor community as some of the other players that came back this season. Uh, she wanted to work very hard on a social game. Uh, I, I've always said that Palesa is very highly rated by the super fan online survivor community who sees her as Queen Palesa. We had, um, I think, a dead earlier saying the Queen stays Queen with Palesa being voted out in this position. She is still going to be royalty. I think that she's someone that's going to be remembered for many seasons to come. And I wouldn't be surprised to see her as a third-time player coming back as well. Um, and, and I think she did do what she wanted to achieve. She got... Uh, the social game going. She 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 Absolutely. actually got voted out because she was a social beast. This um, episode, people started noticing, well, this is not the Palesa that we saw in the first game. She's not only strategic, but she also has a great social game this season. And the story of Palesa is one of frustration because she keeps getting connected to the the very stubborn men in this game, like a Dante <laughs> and a Tom. And there's like this thing that keeps playing out. I don't know who the next season would be if she was out there, who's going to be the next frustrating white man. <laughs> but it could be someone else in the future you know um yeah. but you know palissa it's, it's sad to see her go here i was really sad to see her go because she she is a great player she does have some good reads but ultimately like we've got here in the comments um olonko saying palissa should have also bluffed and uh also we've had somebody say uh, who else was it that said she was basically to read out uh, odette here saying too many okay. advantages palissa was actually to read out of the game one thousand percent and it's so frustrating for the first time in um survivor i tried real tears tears rolled on my eyes i wasn't even tweeting as much i was i was unhappy i didn't even want to be on twitter like it was a sad sad day i'm not happy about it still i'm doing my best but no um it's tell me why, why you felt, yeah, tell me why you felt that way. What is it that sort of draws you to Palesa this way? Because Survivor is a beautiful game where, you know, there's so many people who play the game, 20 people, you know, go into the season. Everybody has their favorite and the person that they can relate to. What is it that really? made Palesa so relatable for you playing the game out there? One, it's just the way she talks to people, except for Tom, <laughs> he's an exception. But the way that she talks hey, to she people. She was 23 way, or 24 back then. Like, she could be forgiven. Yeah. The way she talks to people, the way she carries herself, the way she's able to read the room and read the game and just. She, she, she has an aura about her. I don't know what you guys. In Zulu, we say. Ego. No, not yeah, ego, the aura. Too. Like, you just have a beautiful, warm yeah. aura, like, mm. positive vibe. You know, guys, like, you have blood. Like, people just drawn towards you as who you are, like, your aura. That's what she has. She's very poised. And She's very poised, right? Yeah. So, for, for me, when I, when I see her, like, command this, the, the, the space that she moves in, she comes across as this powerful, confident woman. And then yes. she says that she's got insecurities. And you're like, this doesn't look like the Palesa from no the way. outside. She yeah. looks so confident. You know what I mean? On her first season when she arrived, um, uh, Kintani 
who is like, I'm standing next to this woman and I just look at his beautiful, um, good days. She looks so yeah. powerful and so strong. That was uh, Kintani's first impression of her. This is yeah. the aura and the power that she has when she walks into the room. She doesn't have to say she's the queen, but people around her feel like she's the queen. And even when you watch her play, you feel that queen present. Like, she's just, just powerful. I don't know how to explain it other than it's just what it is. She's a wonderful aura that you just cannot overview or ignore. Yeah, I'm just going to read Jody's comment here before I go over to Richard for his take on Palesa and why he felt emotional seeing Palesa go here at this vote. Jody says that what I like about Palesa is that we never really had a strong black woman in Survivor South yeah. Africa find idols, make big moves, and be the head of an alliance. So she represents a whole. Yeah, so she represents, you know, a big portion of South Africans who watch this game. And I think for Survivor South Africa, um, as a franchise, to be successful, you know, I look at it even in rugby, right? Because I'm a big rugby fan, big sports fan. Yes. You know, Sia Kulisi <laughs> being the captain that lifted the Web Ellis, the Rugby World Cup, and the previous one did more for rugby than any other captain ever did before that. And I think that the yeah. amount of support in South Africa for the Springboks only increased tenfold since that has happened. And I think that, you know, representation is important. I know we don't Matthew. talk about it very often here um, on the channel because we feel like there is a lot of representation and we don't, like we, we said, one of the great things is that the game focuses on the game, but it is great to see it organically happen. Like Palesa is one of those players that a lot of people can relate to. Um, uh, but Richard, what is your thoughts on Palesa and why it hit you so hard seeing her go here in the spot? Yeah, yeah. I'm actually good friends with 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 this Jody. I was telling him about how I really teared up when we started talking about how it was sad, you know, Balisa, Balisa going home. And I think he does have a good point. I mean, there's so many play I mean, players of color, like, you know, Sive, Sivu, you know, Bouche, you know, it, it goes Tyson, you know, PK. And then, you know, I do think, you know, Balisa does stand out as one of the better from 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 the lot. And Sipe. I do Yes, as well. You yeah, know, there's exactly. so much to 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 relate to, and and I think that's why you know these two players have have this sort of like um huge following and respect. And like you said, representation does matter. But um, I think when I was in the moment watching the episode, I just didn't know why. You know, I just it it really got me hard. And you know, I really really well, I was at the viewing party, so I couldn't ball out in tears. You know, otherwise they'd be like, oh my god, why is he such a nervous wreck? <laughs> <laughs> It was honestly sad, sad, sad to watch. I even really wanted to 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 DM her, but I just uh, tagged on Twitter. It was it was, it was yeah. really touching. But she's been getting a lot of support and love from the fans, and she's she's taking it well. So hopefully, fingers crossed. If Leroux is listening, put her back on for the third time. I think we, we see Palissa again. I think at some capacity. I don't know if it's All Stars. I don't know what it is, but I think Palissa will see her again. Yeah. yeah, international crossover season, whatever you want to call it. I mean, like we've Surely. said before, her idol find in the tribal council uh is legendary Iconic. it's something that will be remembered similar to how i was confident when chappies was voted out early on uh for me there were three four players coming into the season with the biggest reputations mm -hmm. and those were probably chappies shane palesa and steffi those are the biggest reputations coming into the season so i think that um, steffi probably if she went early maybe would have been forgotten um because a lot of people didn't like her in her first season uh but i do think both shane as well you know no matter where he fits in he could easily come back you know if he wanted to 
he might not want to come back if it's five years from now or 10 years again from now. He might say, listen, I'll, I'll be on the sidelines rather than <laughs> be out there uh, fighting with these young bucks. But who knows? You know, um, He's definitely uh, got a young mind for a, for an older gentleman being out there and always trying to outthink people and players. So, sure. uh, But yeah, it's it's sad to see Palesa go so close. And I think it hurts even more because we see her go just before the merge. So we know we don't see her on our jury. We don't see her getting to vote for the champion of the season, which is sad to see. But there is also a bit of a twist here at the end where the merge happens at Tribal Council, which is the first time ever. It's never happened before. What did you guys think of this twist to see Tribal Council turn into the merge episode as well? I loved it. I'm like, Nico, don't waste my time. We all know what's going on here. Get to the point. Can you just announce it already? It was beautiful. But another thing that happened, it was like at that moment, you see the subtitles of the Steffi, Marianne, and Maria announcing the uh, um, the full package alliance. I'm so scared. Do you think anybody else may have heard them? Because I feel like people should have taken note of that little moment. Or maybe they were just too excited they could ignore it. I have no idea. I, I, Um, I will... I will give my comments on what I think is going to happen with the full package as we as we go into who I think is going to be running the game at Merge. And it's very bold predictions, right? Because we know trying to, like many a men has been broken trying to predict and edit on Survivors of Africa. So chances are probably 90% I'm going to be wrong. But I, I love being wrong sometimes as well because it keeps me on my toes, you know? So you guys can tell me if I'm not seeing it right because they love to... You know, I, I guess hoodwink us and give us an obvious edit and then not do what the obvious edit says is yeah. going to happen. So I'm probably going to be wrong, Richard. Going going back to Zoe, I think uh, Meryl did say at some point that um, her and the people in the full package love, you know, randomly trouble council or when they when they're back at camp, they love seeing the full package. Full but, package. You know, people, yeah. yeah, people don't actually notice them seeing the full package. So it's almost like an inside joke where it's only them getting it, but they're doing it in front of everyone. And you know, if if they get busted for that, that would be the biggest doozy of all time. But hopefully not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jody is saying, I hope Alyssa was far away so that she couldn't hear the other players cheering for making the merge lol. Yeah, that would have been pretty pretty Something. tough um, if she was around. And then Odette saying, Palesa's Linus, even Marianne called her queen in a secret scene. And then Olanko is saying, for me, is a great character and she'll always be remembered for her badass tribal council idol. While I don't rate her game as a top tier, I do think she's definitely a star of the season. Um, I, I agree. Like, I mean, listen, she, she didn't really um, necessarily run her first season, but she is a massive character. Had some great, she had some great reads. She was always outside of the numbers. Again, um, I, I want to see Palesa find her people. Like I want to see her in a powerful alliance for once. You know, if that happens, yeah. that would be interesting to see her play in that. And I think totally. that she is a legendary character. But let's get into um, the pointy end here. We've got a few points of business to do. We need to go into, firstly, uh, our draft teams and see who do we have going into the merge. Very exciting because a lot of people still in the game. Obviously, first person out this week was Pinty. Um, I had Zoe message me very happily about the fact that we're now even after that. So she was like, yes, <laughs> the numbers. And then straight after that, we had Teresa going out. So this would have made uh, Zoe very happy to go into this final episode at an equal standing. But then, sadly, Palesa, Zoe, you lose her before the merge here. So going into the merge, Team Chris has got four players in Merrill, Dino, Marianne, and Dante. Zoe has got three players in Steffi, Shane, and Phil. And Richard's got four players here in Tony, Tajan, Kilani and Felix, I kind of feel like Richard, you and I, one of us is going to be very happy or very upset very soon because it's the two opposing alliances. And then uh, with the Zoe team, 
she's got a little bit more of that middle ground where it could go either way because she's got yeah, people with half a foot in one alliance and half a foot in another alliance. <laughs> so um, she may be the most well insulated here to have players where we go deeper in. But also at this point, I want to go through the points um, because it's an interesting point of the game here where we've now reached the merge. So let's see who are the players at the moment and the teams that are currently leading our draft for the season. So uh, in third place, this week but this person made up a lot of ground they were in third place last week as well still richard he's got oh, 254 God. points at the moment oh in God. total barely missing out but he closed the gap between himself and zoe who's uh, okay. now dropped to second place uh, and for the first time in week three i'm going to be taking the first place this week so zoe you're on 257.5 points so very close between you and richard and then i've started Pulling away slightly at 269, being at the top. Now, the top Ooh. players at the moment going into the merge currently for Team Richard is Tony at 58 points in total. Tony has had 35 confessionals. She's had a few challenge wins. She's made the merge. She's gotten yep. points for that. But she was the vocal point for her tribe throughout this because she spoke about most of the strategy during that time. So she's really carried the points for you. Um, your second highest player going into the merge is going to be Tajin, her right-hand oh. man, at 45. Yeah. Um, and then your third player is Felix at 41. And then Kalani has only got 26 points. So she's by far, at this point, the player in the game that is still left with the least amount of points um, on her. So in second place, Team Zoe, with the 257 points, your top player currently in your team by two points. There's a two-point difference between her and the uh, second person, is Steffi. Steffi has 56 points going in to the merge. Oh. She's had quite a few confessionals. She's found an yeah. idol. She's made the merge. Uh, quite a few challenge wins. And then Phil is second at 54. So only a two-point difference. Uh, Phil, Phil is absolutely killing it in confessionals this season. And then Shane comes in at last place with 43 points for you. And Team Chris currently with the top points for the whole season. Uh, Team Chris has got the top person and the second person for the season at the moment. No, Marion, 63 Whoa. points, still Ooh. leading outright. Marion has had the most confessionals out of everyone so far going into the merge at 39. Uh, also uh, has made the merge, has found an advantage um, so far, so doing really well. And then in second place is Dino at 60.5. Uh, also, a lot of confessionals, successful idle find, and a successful idle play. The only person so far to play an advantage successfully at this Great. stage at the game. Um, and then, obviously, also making the merge. Merrill, uh, sorry, Dante is third with 55.5, and Merrill is fourth with 50 points. So, oh. those are how the points are currently stacking up, making our power player players, according to the point system, going yeah. into this final. Marianne at first place with 63. Dino at second place with 60.5. And then coming in at third place, Tony on 58. So those are our power players based on the points coming into uh, this finale. So uh, quite interesting. We also had uh, a live poll that we have here to rank the players. And that's going to be yes. open for the next week. But let's have a quick look to see what our live audience have voted here for who is the top players for this week. So far, Steffi leading in first place. Merrill yeah. in second place. Marianne in third place, and then Dante and Full makes up the fourth and fifth spot here, just missing out on the full package, which is the top three here. Any thoughts, guys, on all of that that I've just downloaded on you in a short period of time here? I think I know exactly what your predictions are going to be, and I think that... Um, <clears throat> I'm right? 
I might just end up having one player going forward. Because <laughs> <laughs> the other two, I, they are my weakest. Um, and then I'm looking at Richard's team is looking a little bit stronger than ever. I'm looking at the remaining players on Chris' team. The only one who's screaming danger zone is definitely Dante. Dino, they would definitely have to flush it either one or the other. Mariel is sitting very good because nobody knows about her advantage. And I think Marianne will be the biggest blind side of the whole season, based on your points. I think so. I think I think yeah. I think you're you're kind of on where my reads going. I still will give my my predictions for top yeah. three and wild card. But Richard, uh, what are you thinking of the points where you're sitting currently and how the table is laid out going in, into the merge here? Um, I think I'm also safe because I look at Tony and Tejan and they're part of one alliance that could be pagonged. And then we see Kilani, who is a gold, so maybe she might well perceived as one. Um, so she might be getting me some points and. Felix has no PS alliance and he's sort of like the outer alliance member to the, uh, I think, crumbling um, breakfast um, alliance. And then from Zoe's side, the Steffi, who I think, given the confessional and airtime she's getting, could make it close to the final. Who knows? Um, but I do see Tony and Marion being the big players that get blindsided from the game. Um, you have Dante, possible challenge beast. You have Dino, the puzzle master. You have uh, Marion, who I think will win the game. So you could win. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. I feel I feel very bullish coming into the, the, yeah. the merge period of the game here. I feel yeah. super confident in the players I've still got left here. I think that most of those players are going to be the alliance that's going to take out. I'm the most fearful for Dante. 100% yeah. agree with you guys. The yeah. next on Survivor with Dante and Felix um, carrying on like a love couple and Marion noticing uh -huh. it, that is going to be worrying for both Dante and Felix. I think Felix could be easily the collateral damage in mm. that, and they could want to clip Dante's wings like they've been trying to do the whole Obviously. season and take him out very early on. But I also think that the way things have been set out uh, is that Tony is everybody's on everybody's radar. I think Tony yeah. doesn't make yeah. it deep into the merge. I think that they cut her as the leader of the opposing alliance very early on. And I do think that the original breakfast club alliance will run at least the first couple of votes at the merge they'll they'll get some people out uh, steffi will jump most likely back but she'll keep kalani safe as a person in her back pocket that she can work with at this stage if i had to predict and this is bold predictions uh right now who do i think is the most likely person to win this season i really really struggle between two players i really struggle between two players okay it's like do i stick with a person that i thought before the season even started is going to win the season or do I go with the person who's impressed me the most? And I think I'm going to go with the person who I, I, I had from the start as my winner pick, Meryl. I think she's going to yeah. win this season. I think Meryl is playing a Pia Miranda type of game this yes. season. She's got yes. Steffi, who's the Abby. She's got Marianne, who's the godmother, Janine. You know, Janine. She's got the three-girl alliance like they had in Champions vs. Contenders 2 in Australia. Uh, I really think that Meryl is sitting behind a few people. There are more and more people that are starting to notice her social game and that she could yes. be a threat because everybody likes her and everybody wants to play with her, so she could still be taken out. But I feel she's cocooned into it. Marianne is the godmother. She's going to be taken out most likely because she is too visible. People know that she's playing a cutthroat strategic game. And plus, if Marianne makes the final, she wins. I don't think people will not vote for her. So she's a threat. You yeah. need to get her out mm -hmm. before the finale. But then the person who's second for me and who I almost came into this um, episode thinking that I'm going to put them as my first is Steffi. I really think Steffi <laughs> is 
playing such a great game. She's impressing me. Um, I'm, yeah. I'm really impressed with how she went and infiltrated the other side. The fact that she's getting alliances uh, that are separate from the Breakfast Club with Kalani, getting other options. I do think Steffi has got the potential, like you said, Richard, to go very deep in the game and even potentially win. She's definitely got the edit. If this was a classic yeah. Survivor edit, I would have said edit, she's got the potential winner's edit, but we know that doesn't exist in Survivor South Africa. So those are my one and two. Um, and Marianne, because I think she's going to get clipped, uh, only because of that, I'm not putting her in my top three, but she probably deserves yeah. to be in my top three as potential winners. But I'm going to put a wild card in there and I'm going to say Dino has got a shot at surprising people at the end here and potentially uh, getting in. And, and I like doing a wild card pick, uh, <laughs> a little bit of a left field pick. I think he could still find a way. You know, he's been with the Power Alliance for a while now. Merrill yeah. and Marianne could rely on him for a vote at some point, especially if Dante gets clipped early on, who's the extra person that they bring in from that side there. So, um, And Merrill has consistently, consistently underestimated him and said that she doesn't think Dino's a good player of this game. Yes. And to underestimate Dino shows that Dino's strategy of being perceived as a weak player or perceived as a paranoid player or perceived as someone that's currently, please save me, is working and people are not seeing the threat that he is because this guy's a student of the game. If this puzzle stuff comes up later on in immunities, he could go on an immunity run. Do not sleep on Dino, guys. I'm telling you now. Those are my three picks at this point, Merrill, Steffi, and Dino. Uh, Zoe, you had a big reaction to that. You don't think that's the case. So who would you have in your top three at this stage? Can I be honest? I, I have no idea. But what I can definitely say is if they don't take out Dino in this couple of episodes, I will be really disappointed because he has the best underdog story and the best fighter story so far. If they don't say it, then I'm with Dante. They are not using logic. He is the biggest threat in this game. He has an idol. If they don't flush it out and get rid of him it's not, and let him stay longer... Yeah. Excuse sorry, me? sorry for interrupt. Sorry to, for interrupting your thought there. Uh, his idol is void at the at the merch, so he can't use it anymore. Oh. It was only he could use it before. They the don't merch. know that. That's true. He could he could bluff. Yeah, exactly. They don't know that. And yeah. also, he knows about. Um, I still think there's a reason we saw the idol being placed at tribal council. He knows about that idol. He might still do a little grab the idol in front of everyone and fake it out. And I think it could keep him in a game for three more days. So I, I've got a suspicion Dino has got some game in him still. Like I, I'm I'm backing him. Might be that I'm biased. I like the guy. He's a good guy. Yeah. Uh, but I do think he's a good player and I do think he's being underestimated. I I feel like if he pulls on more stunts, <laughs> if he pulls on more stunt then definitely, but if the girls just say we're relying on a puppy face, then I'll be disappointed in that. Yeah, so Dante Tate. Dante Tate and Tony Nose expired. Okay, yeah, so, more so, reason why they should get him out. <laughs> yeah. Richard, yeah. Any, any final thoughts from your end on that uh, bold, bold prediction of mine? Uh, do you do you think I'm on the money, or do you think I'm completely wrong? Do you see this thing playing out and sort of going the Tony Tajan way rather? Um, yeah, but first of all, I think yeah, Zoe is right. I had a chat with Dean. You know, and he knew that uh, Dante's idol was expired, but made a side deal with Dante that he won't expose that Dino's uh, that oh. Dante's idol is exposed, so that they can work Jesus. together in the future. Would it happen or would it not? 
only table till next well, week. Well, I was very, I was very, and this is something that I that I missed yes. out on when we spoke about the challenge where they were all blindfolded. There was that little moment between Dino and Dante where Dino went up to Dante to say, "Hey, thank you, thank you so much for not throwing this, Good you know, hand, and thank yeah. you for actually, you know, doing this and keeping me in the game." Okay, so yes. I do think there is a little bit of respect from Dino there that you know Dante didn't just throw it because he wanted him out that badly. And that's when I screamed, get dinner out, because this man will sit talk you to everything. That to me is scary. I hate people who tell me they love me every time. It's just, it scares me out. <laughs> I hear people hug me. The awfully love and the whole puppet thing for me is strange danger. That's why I'm more drawn to people who are closed off because once I let you in, then you know it's real. Dinner for me scares myself because it's just too nice. And I don't like nice people. <laughs> uh oh. Um, hopefully you guys meet. What's Olanko saying? Olanko <laughs> so, says, Yeah, I love the editing where you see Dante staring at Dino, sulking around camp, cutting another scene where Meryl and Marion are saying how nice he is uh, <laughs> when Dante warned them. So I, I feel yeah. like, you know, Dante warned everybody about Rob Bentelli. Mm. No one listened. Rob Bentelli won yeah. the season. Dante could be warning everybody about Dino again here. And then Dino wins the season. So the role, we see <laughs> things repeat itself from season to season sometimes. And that could be what is happening here. But that's my bold predictions for the week. Um, yeah. Anything that you guys feel like? I feel like we've touched on anything. Any last things that you guys wanted to have a chat about before we start closing it off? The fact that Dante won them for me is good enough for them to vote dinner out. If they don't, then I'm for dinner all the way. They have one um, more shot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think you're pretty much on point. I mean, I've chatted to Dino and he's someone I can't read, but for some reason I'm terrified by. So I don't know why people aren't seeing him as a threat or trying to get him out. So, I mean, if he wins, like, I think everyone would be so happy because he's a fan of the guy, contributes to the community, you know, does oh, so yes. much. So if the fans want him to win. This the super fans, the yeah. online community wants him to win. The, yes. the the guy, the guy politics like no one's business. Like he talks to every <laughs> fan. Like he's the most engaging player. Like he's he's a super yeah. nice guy. Um, I, I do, I really do hope that my predictions are right. You know, I don't want to put that heat on anybody and get them voted out, but I don't think it's going to happen this season. You know, it's the yeah. first for everything. Maybe I'm right this season on who the top players are. Um, everyone in the life, thank you so much for being here with us today, taking part in the conversation, asking great questions. We really love having you guys here. For those that are listening to this on the audio formats, thank you also for listening today and also those that watch this at a later stage. If you do like this content and you want to see more of this dynamic trial of myself, Zoe, Richard, and the future um put a like on this this is how we know that you like us as a group here on the channel uh comment on it tell us what you agree with what you don't agree with and please consider subscribing and sharing uh if you you want to help grow the help to see the channel grow to 2000 subscribers which is our next big goal here on the channel uh richard zoe thank you so much it's been so great talking survival with you i will catch you guys next week when we talk about week four of the merge uh it should be really really good talk to you guys then Bye.